We all need to laugh. We choose truth over facts. And now for a perpetual political protest in progress. Judge my physical, mental, fit, my physical as well as my mental fitness. Coffee time. All right, and welcome back to the Ammo Can Coffee Social Club Conservative Hour of Power and Enlightenment Salon. That's a big mouthful, isn't it, Tuckerman? It is. Good morning. All right, so it is a beautiful morning here in uh, sunny Soldatna. We are at the uh, Soldatna Regional Sports Complex for the annual Kenai Peninsula Realtors Association Sports Rec and Trade Show. Well, that's the title. <laughs> yeah, I think they use acronyms. So, uh, well, welcome back, folks. Uh, hopefully, you were able to catch up on last night's uh, podcast. We went ahead and published last night, but as promised, we are back here, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and well-caffeinated, and we are talking to vendors and politicians. That is the season for recreating and uh, arguing about political things. So, uh, if you hear a, 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 a storm of voices behind me, it's because this place is packed and uh, there's a lot of excitement. So, Tuckerman, uh, you sort of made headlines recently by throwing your hat into the ring uh, for, for I believe, Peter Michiki's seat. I'm running for the state senate here on the Kenai Peninsula, and the incumbent is Peter Michiki. And what I've been doing so far is introducing myself to people who don't know me already and going over some of my background and been in Alaska since 1966. Uh, went outside to college, came back, I raised a family here, have 14 grandchildren, all six and under. And here on the Kenai Peninsula, my wife Christy runs the State Farm Agency in Kenai. And I have had uh, experience working for five different legislators, two governors, three and a half years on the Oil and Gas Conservation Commission as a quasi-judicial officer, and 10 years in business with Matanuska Electric in management. And so there's a lot of background, a lot of skills that will allow me to go and be effective in Juneau and effective on the conservative side for conservative policy, and that's what I'm looking for. Well, so, so Peter Michicki, uh, I haven't always gotten along with Peter Michicki, and I will uh, give you a good, fair warning. When, uh, when politicians say that they're going to do something, and they go to Juneau or D.C. or even the city council, and then they do that other thing, uh, people like me get a little grumpy, and we start to make noises and shout and cry and kick and scream and and say, "Hey, that's not what you promised to do." And uh, so, so let's let's talk about the previous uh, the previous administration, as it were, of this seat um, with Mr. Michiki and what you're going to bring to that seat that's different than what Mr. Michiki has brought. Well, one of the things that I've done, Jason, over the years is I really have enjoyed encouraging other people to run for office, to participate in political parties, and get involved in civic affairs. And one of the things I always tell candidates, I said, look, you get to decide what you want to campaign on. You get to decide what your issues are going to be. But you have to stay true to what you told the people to get elected. And when people don't do that, not only is it a betrayal of trust, it also hurts our whole model of self-government. If you can't trust the people you're electing, then 
why even bother? And so it's, it's a very important aspect and one of the things you can count on with me, I've taken a lot of heat over the years for different positions and I've been steadfast and you know, you're, you're not always going to agree with me because I'm going to tell you how I, how I think, how I feel. I will listen, but then I'll come to a conclusion. You'll know what it is and it's not going to be a mystery. So one of the one of the things I was critical on with Mr. Michiki is that uh, uh, there were there has been several different times where he has voted on amendments and things where one amendment says one thing and another amendment in the same chain of amendments on the same bill says something diametrically opposed and he votes for both of them. Now you know that to me just just you know. I'm not the smartest tool in the in the uh, sharpest tool in the, the the see I can't even say it I I'm not the smartest tool in the uh, in the jumpsuit there we go let's just mix a whole bunch of metaphors um, and yes, but Jason uh, two plus two equals four in well, your world I don't know. You know you haven't seen the new math uh, <laughs> obviously but but you know that I see a I see a problem with that because what I perceive being out here in the public is that that just gives a candidate the option to pander to whoever he's talking to and say, well, I voted for your issue here and I voted for you, your issue here, or I didn't vote that way, you know, when right. confronted. And, right. and it creates a moving target. And, um, you know, uh, there's another candidate that we may speak to later on today, but uh, uh, famously has said this year, I'm not, I'm not going to promise anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want politicians to promise me things, but I also want them to carry through with what they've done. You know, Donald Trump was a good example of promising things and then delivering it. Is that He's, too much to ask? No, Donald, Donald Trump proved that better than anyone in my lifetime. And there's a lot I did not like about Donald Trump and his style. But as far as his policies and faithfully following his policies, he was a, a, an example for many people that they should follow exactly that. And. It's, of course, it's easy in Juneau. You've worked in Juneau. You, you're familiar with the process. You know that with all the different amendments and different bills, you're able to take 15 different positions if that's what you want to do and try to confuse people. That is not me. Uh, it's going to be straightforward. Now, there are a lot of complexities, of course. There's going to be a lot of give and take to make things happen. But it's not, you can't do that with a design of trying to baffle and befuddle people. Well, what, one of the things that, that um, I've observed, and I think many people have observed, is it seems like the Republicans always rush to the center when the heat is on. That, uh, that the left really never gives up territory. They never give up ground. But we're always we're always seen as, or or you know, the media helps them, you know, portray us as these cold-hearted, you know, um, white supremacist, uh, homophobic, you know, Islamophobic, whatevers, and totally not Christians unless we cave, unless we compromise, unless we unless we're the ones offering the olive branch that somehow we are less American, less Christian, less whatever, and. And, you know, um, we, we, see, we saw this recently, uh, the legislator, legislature in the House at least evicted 
arguably one of the most conservative voices in their caucus, David Eastman. And uh, there were sort of non-answers as to why they did that. There was some, some uh, vague uh, discussion about him promoting a bunch of uh, amendments with aspirational language and that it was a waste of the body's time and and there was even some suggestion that he was connected to the outing of a, of a fellow um, a, a fellow caucus member for taking the wrong position on Second Amendment or mischaracterizing that in some way but uh, you look at the caucus and, and silencing and kicking out somebody and then saying that the reason they did that was because he put too many amendments forward all of, by the way most of which were also submitted the previous year, you know. Well, one of the things, since I'm a candidate for the state senate, and you learn this in pretty fast order, commenting on and arguing about or weighing in on how the House conducts its business or the House organizes itself, not a productive thing for a state senator to do. And they have to speak and be accountable for their own actions in the House, and we have to on the Senate side. So, Well, as Republicans, um, what I would ask, and I know many people would ask, is that, is that uh, we don't eat our dead. That, that we may disagree in caucus, we may disagree, uh, you know, on some of the minutiae, but on the fundamentals, on the Republican platform, that uh, we need to remain united, and we don't throw each other under the bus when we get our feelings hurt. Well, one of the things, you've touched on something about the platform and the Republicans as a team, and that has been seriously undermined, not just by individual actions, but really by this whole incredibly awful ranked choice being forced on this state and it only passed by one percent after a six seven million dollar dark money campaign from outside and now it is stripped conservatives in alaska from even being able to nominate our own candidate so now we have a wide open anyone democrats can vote to pick the republican candidate there can be three republican candidates one of them can be a democrat who just says they're a republican there's, no, there's nothing to hold us together, and one of the things that I would like to do and work on as soon as I'm, if I'm elected, would be to repeal ranked choice. It is, it is so detrimental to our effort to be self-governing and so detrimental to conservatives knowing, okay, who's, who's a candidate? Who, who are we nominating? Nobody even knows. It's right down to the, the election that you're supposed to rank people, your first, second, and third. And no one anywhere in the world does it the way it's been forced on Alaskans, and we need to repeal it. Now, I want to switch gears here because I'm sure that you know who Pat Martin is. Um, he's the executive director for Alaska Right to Life, and I'm sure that uh, you will be hearing from him at some point in this uh, this campaign cycle. And given the recent uh, the recent uh, leaking of the SCOTUS uh, draft for the mm -hmm. issue of Roe versus Wade, and knowing that this the residents of this great state have voted several times not to pay for and fund abortions. Uh, what is your position going to be going into um, into this seat uh, when you win? See what I did there? When, I when you I win. Do. That's very encouraging. Uh, when you win, you know, I mean, we want to stay positive, but uh, when you win and you occupy the, that office space in, in Juneau, what are you going to do to protect the sanctity of life and to further define it um, and uh, and promote this idea that all life is precious? All right, that's a wonderfully a wonderful question. It's long, so I'm going to break it into several parts. 
First, Roe versus Wade should be overturned. It was a horrible decision in 1973. There's no basis in the Constitution for it. So I applaud the Supreme Court for having the courage to say this is just not a constitutional issue. It should be an issue decided by the states. And kudos to the judges who are brave enough to vote and, re and overturn Roe versus Wade. Secondly, the legislature has repeatedly voted not to fund any abortion in Alaska, and it has been ignored because of our state Supreme Court. And there are several ways to try to deal with the state Supreme Court, and one of those is for folks to seriously consider voting yes on the Constitutional Convention. If we can get the Constitutional Convention, if it is approved, if voters think that it's worth that opportunity, you'll have a chance to re rewrite the rules for our selecting our judges. Right now the judges are so pro-abortion that there's it's been a uphill battle. They've overturned the people of Alaska repeatedly. They've forced state-funded abortions. They've they have uh, really overreached. So I, I look forward to working on every step we can to move forward and every life saved is a life saved. So I know that that Chris Kirka has um has taken a position on this. He's running for governor. We're sitting next to his booth, but he said that when the court says no, you can't, you can't cut the funding for Planned Parenthood, or you can't, you can't uh, withhold even funding from the court, uh, which Dunleavy tried to do. Um, that his position's just going to be, you know, uh, you and whose army are going to stop me from cutting off the funding? Now, now that's a pretty bold position to take. Um, because then you know, people start getting upset about, you know, well, is there a proper division of, uh, of power between the three branches? And, you know, can we just start nullifying everything the court says? And, you know, but we've also talked about nullifying what the feds have said because they've done some gra uh, grossly overreaching things. If a governor were to take the position that... I'm just not going to honor that ruling because the people have voted, they've spoken numerous times, and as the executive, the administrator for the state, I'm going to honor the people before the courts. Uh, as a senator, a seated senator, uh, would you find yourself in a position that you, you could support a governor taking that? Because he's going to need a lot of support. Well, I think one way a legislature can support the, support such a position is when the Supreme Court makes a decision that is clearly unconstitutional in the opinion of this state senator, if I'm elected, I will be very open to bringing impeachment proceedings against those judges. They, they can't violate the Constitution with impunity. And when they ruled that the governor could not veto their own budget, they set themselves up as the almighty oligarchs in this state. And it is it was so wrong, it was so far from their job as, as judges. That's how I would direct my attention as a state senator, my responsibilities under the Constitution to pursue impeachment of judges who violate the Constitution so openly. Well, I know that uh, I know that you've got other people to talk to here. I have one last question for you, right. and then we'll go ahead and, and move on. Actually, I got a text from Loretta, my co-host. She's trying to get in, and I need to go let her in. Okay. Um, but uh, you know, uh, recently David Haig, a local resident, has well, not recently, for 18 years, he's been trying to get justice, and uh, he has he has identified a flaw in our system where the courts and the prosecutor's office um, have have. 
repeatedly altered the juror's handbook to re remove more and more information about the rights and responsibilities of Alaska's juries, especially in regards to the function and the authority of the grand jury to specifically investigate and indict people guilty of official corruption. So this would be bureaucrats, this would be the courts themselves, this would be the prosecutor's office, yeah. this would be this would be the office of the governor or or a, a senator that, that ultimately puts the power of of uh, investigation and indictment in the hands of a nonpartisan group of jurors to go ahead and, and investigate the question if, if there's enough evidence to suggest there's a problem. Well no entity is ever truly nonpartisan, but our grand jury system, as it was designed, should be back on the table. Why those changes were made in the grand jury handbook has not been explained, has not been excused. It's awful and convenient for some folks. It needs to be reversed. We need to go back to the power for the grand juries of the men and women who serve on those grand juries having far more authority to investigate official corruption and not have it stripped away through a bunch of rules and edits and the system that, uh, that da frankly, David Haig and his long crusade have uncovered. So if if the governor were to approach you as a seated senator and say, um, I am going to press for a special uh, grand jury to appoint a special grand jury to only look specifically at this one issue, this issue of the grand jury and, and uh, the corruption or perceived malfeasance, malfeasance, whatever, uh, around around the dumbing down of that of that uh, that tool that we have um, or the outright denial of it would you be in support of a governor who 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 would instruct his attorney general to to convene a special grand jury for that singular purpose I don't know if that's the best mechanism to do it but I'm very supportive of that approach that we go back to the grand jury having the authority was meant to have awesome well thank you so much Tuckerman for your time we appreciate right. thank you, you Jason. and uh, and we ask that you uh, you just keep us in mind the small people here when you uh, when you ascend to the throne of power and remember that uh, we will stand behind you if you stand with us <laughs> if I stand with what I <laughs> promise to do all right Jason Thank All right, you. have a good day. All right, folks, I Thanks. am going to sign off for a moment, and we're going to go ahead and grab uh, Loretta Eaton, bring her in on the show. And uh, we've got a couple other vendors lined up that I'm sure you'll want to hear about. And uh, we appreciate you tuning in, and I'm going to sign off and be right back. All right, and welcome back to the Ammo Can Coffee Social Club Conservative Hour of Power and Enlightenment Salon. I am joined by Loretta Eaton. Loretta, you said that the roads are just absolutely, uh, what? It looks like uh, dip net season. Dip net out season. Out there. With too many cars, too many cars. <laughs> with less dip netters. <laughs> with less dip netters. Yes, people yes, go in places. Yeah, people go in places doing things. Yeah, uh, now, we, now we're starting to sound like uh, Meryl Sikorsky or something. Oh, no, you know? oh, no. His, Can't I think do that. that's his uh, tagline. <laughs> So oh, uh, no. we, we have a young gentleman here. Uh, introduce yourself. Hey, uh, my name's Clay Peterson. I drive uh, the number 53 A-Stock race car at Twin Cities Raceway in uh, Kenai. Now, it's a pretty sweet-looking ride. Uh, how long? So tell us how you how you came into racing. I mean, when, when did you start? I mean, you, you're not 35, obviously. <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I'm 18 now. Um, we started racing. Uh, well, the whole thing started, I was... I was 14, 13 or 14, and me and my dad went on a big 
racing road trip. We tried to hit every every racetrack in the state one year and one weekend. We tried to do it all in one weekend. And we ended up in North Pole Speedway in North Pole, obviously. And they had these uh, these little cars. They were called Bandoleros, just like a little... Kind of looked like a NASCAR, but way smaller. They got a Briggs and Stratton, little lawnmower motor powering them, no suspension. They're just like tiny little car and about about an inch and a half off the ground. Yeah, right, yeah. right on the ground. The uh, we heard the announcer say you only had to be 14 to drive those cars, and we thought, I'm 14. Let's do it. Come to find out that they only raced those 500 miles from home, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That didn't stop us. So we, your dad uh, was saying you guys actually picked up a Bandolero while you were there? Uh, or, we, or later? Or how'd that happen? We, how, we found, how soon before you got your first car? Yeah, it was about a month after that. We drove back to Fairbanks from Moose Pass to pick up the car. Worked on it all winter, and then I raced that car for two years. And we got... I didn't, I didn't win the championship. I won a few races the second year, not many the first year, but... It was pretty good. So, uh, so what, what kind of car are you driving now? What, it, it's, it's obviously not stock anymore. No, it's <laughs> the class I race is A stock. Uh, it used to be, started out life as a 1979 Oldsmobile Cutlass. Uh, we tore everything out, put a, put a little roll cage in it, and painted it up pretty, put a cool motor in it, and off we went to the races. That was three summers ago now. Now you're all stickered up. Now three summers ago, that's when you went off to the races. Now I'm told that you're actually a pretty good driver. Um, tell us tell us what uh, what you've been able to accomplish since uh, getting into the sport. Well, uh, on the dirt track, uh, so far I'm three for three, knock on wood, in, uh, in track championships. Uh, I've got 19 or 20 main event wins, which is the big race at the end of the night. Uh, I think last year I won. Last year I won all 11 of the main events. Wow! Uh, finished every lap one year. Never, never missed a single lap. Uh, that, that's kind of the coolest one to me. Um, I think I've got the fastest A stock lap in the Twin Cities in recorded history. I guess. Wow, that's pretty good. So, uh, so Moose Pass. Where did you grow up in Moose Pass? Have you always been in Moose Pass? Is is that home? Home or? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. You're yeah. shaking your head. Okay, <laughs> yes. Yep, Moose Pass. Um, lived in the same house my whole life. It's Moose Pass is about a half an hour out of Seward. Right. Uh, Beautiful yep. place. It's, now, now there's only, your dad was telling me that there's only four tracks in yeah. Alaska, and none of them are in Moose Pass. No. Oh, the Kenai one's the closest that was, to you. That was the reason we built this car, yeah. is because it was less than 500 miles from home. <laughs> it was. That's the closest track we've got. Uh, and it's really not that bad. It's like an hour and a half to the track. Now, you're, you're competing with older, older people. Yes. Right? You must be the youngest. Uh, I'm the youngest in A-Stock now, I'm pretty sure. Oh, gosh. Uh, there was, there's a girl, she races sprint cars now at Twin Cities, which are the big, scary, winged ones that go stupid fast. She's, uh, she's younger than me. But. Now, now is that is that an actual registering mark on the speedometer where it goes like 50, 60, 70, 80, stupid. and then it says stupid fast? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's, that's how right. it goes. They're so how close have you gotten a stupid fast? 
that depends on who you're asking. Okay. Uh. <laughs> I, I feel pretty comfortable with it most of the time, but I'm sure... I wouldn't. I'd hate to be in a passenger seat. If I was in a passenger seat, it would be stupid fast. Okay. So, so how fast is that? Um, we we stuck the GPS app on my phone one time, and it's like seven, 72, 74 is at the at the end of the straights. They're not. They're really not crazy fast, but you're going around the corners really. Well, scary. and it's a small track. These are not NASCAR. You know, these are not NASCAR tracks. So you're, these are you're little, reaching little ovals. You're reaching a, in excess of 70 miles an hour in going like into a corner. Yards. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's 200 like a three-eighths mile track. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's pretty small. Yeah, so going into a corner. That that's a lot of acceleration. Yeah. So, no. well, uh, so you're here. You're all stickered up. Uh, there's a couple of other uh, vehicles here. Um, we talked to Don Hendrickson yesterday. Uh, I'm sure you've met Don with OG Son Garage. Yes. The red bearded, you know, Viking looking guy. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, any any ideas? Uh, is that is that a class that you're looking at maybe getting into the into the rally cross cars? I think the rally sounds really cool. It's. Uh, it's totally different than what we're doing. Their their track's gonna go through the pits and onto the circle track for a little bit, and they're gonna have jumps. I've never hit a jump before. So that this is something awesome. new. Yes. Oh, this okay. Is the first year of the rally. Oh, sounds like fun. Good, it's, good. I would. I'd like to steal somebody's rally car for a practice lap once, maybe this summer. It would be. Well, you know, I heard that Aaron McGann, and I'm hoping to get Aaron over here today. Uh, Aaron told me that he's gotta actually finish. A, a rally car he's building so that he can participate in the first race. Oh. So yeah. maybe, maybe Aaron's Aaron's a, a community-minded guy. I know he's put a lot of kids uh, kids butts in seats and mm-hmm. made sure that they uh, they do it right and have a good time. And um, so so let's talk about sponsors. Yes. 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 Sponsors. <laughs> that's a big deal in racing. Racing is uh, not a cheap sport. Um, although you're probably in one of the more affordable classes and cars. Yeah. Uh, for racing but uh so tell me tell me about your uh, main sponsors who do you got right now dad <laughs> dad at the top of this um, way to go dad I, I don't i don't see dad's sticker anywhere no uh, he's got seward real estate okay that's his, all right that's, that's right thing. that's right okay. um metco alaska there that's where i work so and my brother owns it so okay, he gives us a trailer and, and job box to use for the summer that's cool all right um, other than that, I think I got a couple in the works for this year, but we haven't had all that many sponsors. We're always looking for sponsors, but people uh, people like to talk, and then they don't always. Yeah, so, so if, a couple. if you're within the listening of this, uh, this podcast, and you have some extra dough that you want uh, to go round and round and round and round mm-hmm. and have your logo. On the winning car. On the winning car. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you don't want it on the losing car. That just sends <laughs> kind of the wrong message. Sorry, uh, last place. You're going to have to work harder before the sponsors put their, their tag on you. Mm-hmm. But uh, So, uh, you know, it'd be awesome to, uh, to be able to connect you with you. How can people reach out to you if they're interested in doing a sponsorship for your car? They can text me. Okay. <laughs> Okay. My phone number is 907-422-7189. But okay. And give, the, really give the folks your name again. Clay Peterson. Clay Peterson, folks. That's that's uh, going to be a name that's going to be famous. Uh, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe I don't know. Does does uh, race car driving have scouts? Are people um, running around looking for race car drivers? I'm, I know they do. I'm not, so, not sure if they do in Alaska. There's not many. Actually, there was a guy from Palmer that raced in the... Uh, 
the truck series in NASCAR the other weekend. That was pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, but I think the future's in that rally car. Yeah. I'm serious, because that sounds like it's almost anyone. Not anyone can do it, but... Oh, anybody. Yeah. Anyone can do it. You can have different levels, Mm -hmm. and it's really adapted to Alaska, it sounds like, especially if you're using Yeah, it's like taking taking a Sunday drive out in the Kiski. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nah, come on. Pretty much. There's jumps. Same thing. Well, I talked to Don yesterday, and I said, uh, I said it sounds like NASCAR with uh, with a lot more uh, uh, yeehaw and Dukes of Hazard, you know, sort of pine cones, rocks, and boulders uh, being strewn across the landscape as you drift every corner and jump stuff. And they yeah, have well, right you, turns. You don't need the hundred, you know, hundred thousand seat stadium. No, because no. it's too, you. You couldn't. Yeah. Because yeah. the track seems really. I think it must be a really big track then. Well, I, I the think rally. they go cross country with some of well, those yeah. rally races. Some of them are crazy yeah. through the woods, jumps and so stuff. So then that's, yeah. What yeah. do they do? They, they in, in Europe, they call that. They have rally, but it's yeah. totally on roads. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. With the I, map I always watch and the, the YouTube uh, videos of cars crashing spectacularly. Rolling over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hitting pedestrians I mean, and falling spectators. Falling off cliffs, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah lots of potential it, for that in Alaska. This, that this, is right a sport, this is a sport that makes mom really nervous. Yeah, yeah. sounds like it. I think the rally should be pretty good at Twin Cities. It's relatively contained. There's no cliffs to fall oh, off over gosh. anything. But they are going to have a jump. That'll be cool. So yeah. let me ask you this. Uh, uh, are you done with school? I, I'm just finished uh, vo- Avtech vo- vocational for training. Okay, yeah. so w- what did you study? I did the uh, heavy diesel technology program. Oh. Okay. So can I assume that you're doing a lot of the wrench turning on your own car? Oh, yeah. We built the whole car by ourselves one winter, and we do all, all the work on it. Um, John at RPM does a little of the machine work for us for the motor, but other than that, all the everything but the motor, we do all ourselves and fix everything. Okay. All right. So tell us a little bit about Metco. Metco is a family-owned company. What do they do? They're a uh, gravel, gravel excavation company. They got equipment. We uh, we scoop dirt out of the riverbed and sell it to people, pretty much. Okay. Take yeah, big rocks, make of, them smaller. Is that based out of Seward? Yes. Okay. You done any gold mining? <laughs> he always talks about putting a little sluice box in the crusher, but I, I would totally, I would totally do that. <laughs> it would be cool. Yeah. So, uh, so it sounds like you come from a family of entrepreneurs and folks that sort of pick themselves up by their own bootstraps and. And, and take long walks in the direction of, uh, of self-sufficiency. Do you have any aspirations yourself to become an entrepreneur? You know, I've, uh, I've thought about it. I'd, I would like to, ideally, my, my plan in life is just to own, own some property that I can rent out, but we'll, well that, see how that, that goes. That, that, you know, rental business is mm. business. Yeah. And, uh, you know, real estate's probably one of the best investments you can make. I got a guy for that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, his dad is the uh, owner of... Uh, <laughs> Of, uh, my phone's ringing here, sorry. Uh, of uh, Seward Realty. Yes. So if you are looking for a property in Seward and you buy that property, it's likely that some of Dad's commission is going to go right back into this race car. So uh, check out uh, check likely. out Seward Realty. If you need gravel, check out Metco. And mm-hmm. uh, and if nothing else, come down to Twin Cities Raceway. Uh, there are all kinds of races all summer long. Uh, if you find yourself up in the valley.
Valley or up in Fairbanks, yeah. North Pole, that area, uh, you know, one of the uh, other racetracks. Are, are you going to be doing the circuit, or are you pretty much sticking, staying at home? Well, uh, our points are, are all at Twin Cities. They don't, we don't have a circuit or anything. Okay. But, but I do have a few races lined up for the other tracks. Uh, now, you said you were going to be hitting the pavement. Yes, there's a, there's a guy, Keith Jones, he's letting me drive his race car for some reason, but uh, that's that's next weekend. Um, I, I don't know, I'm really excited. It's pretty much like an A-Stock, I think it's a little faster, but it's it's ma- meant for pavement, so yeah. it's yeah. going to go, it'll go fast. We'll the see how it is. The smell of burning rubber. It's <laughs> awesome. We're going to try and try not to burn too much. What are you going to do when you down. go home and you're not blowing out like dirt out of every, you know, pore in your face? <laughs> Celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> All the time saved. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us uh, and uh, on the podcast, and we hope to see you uh, in the shop. Oh, yeah. Uh, we are considering figuring out a way to put our Betty Bomber uh, sticker on that hot car over there and uh, see it go round and round the track at Twin mm-hmm. Cities. So uh, have a great day. Appreciate and, it. Thanks uh, for having me. You know, me. folks, there is uh, there is still opportunity to come by the shop or come by the sports show. Uh, it's going all day today. We're going to go ahead and publish this episode uh, this afternoon. Um, but uh, uh, you can come tomorrow as well. And I we're going to have Caden on here. Uh, Caden from Alaska Boy Productions shortly. He is here working on something called the uh, Peninsula Coupon Club. He's developed an app, and the app is one that, um, well, I won't give it away. We'll let Caden talk about it, but we are promoting the app. And I will tell you this. If you download the app, you'll be able to play a little game on it. And you get discounts at Ammo Can Coffee. Uh, there you go. You know, uh, yeah. it's uh, you have you have uh, uh, graduated odds at three different prizes. You can redeem those once a month, and uh, it it makes your experience at Ammo Can a little bit more pleasurable and a little less costly. Mm-hmm. So um, we will have Caden back on when he returns. I think he took a break. He's been talking and getting people onboarded to the app all morning. But um, so Loretta. Right now, I we have uh, we have this time normally for our podcast. Yes. Now, did you come prepared with a stack of stuff, or are we no. winging it? No, we're going to wing we're it. We're going to wing it. Because I, I didn't fun. like the stuff in the news. Yeah. Some of it's just too too depressing. Well, not depressing, but you know the the Supreme Court leak. I think that's just I think that's clickbait. Isn't that interesting? I I don't I don't even think it's worth talking about because I'll, I'll bet you a hundred bucks right here online there. You know, hundred dollars, people. Hundred bucks. Hundred bucks. It turns out not to be true. Oh, you think it's fake news? No, I I think it's for what one thing it's from February. Okay. The report was a February report, a, right. a submission that Alito, I think, I, I think Alito was the judge that that had get, sent it around to the rest of them. It could be amended by now. And they, they don't know that, uh, they really don't know the vote. They're just assuming that's what he, um, that, that was his opinion. Right. So, you know, don't want to talk about that. And why would you want to talk about Joe Biden, who's slowly on a decline into wherever twilight of his years? Tahiti. 
Tahiti. Tahiti. You know. That's that's a that's a reference from uh, Agents of Shield. Oh, is it? I know you're not into the no. pop culture uh, side of things, but uh, Tahiti is the place that you go when they want to erase your mind. Now, where, where was um, Melania Trump from? What she was? Slovakia. Was she Slovenia? Slovenia. Slovenia. It's really interesting that Jill Biden uh-huh. is visiting Romania and Slovenia. Of all the countries, think about it, all the countries. Is she that hoping she could, to get prettier? I have no idea, but I kind of I had heard that on the news this morning, and I thought, yeah, that's a that's a dig. Maybe maybe it's not a dig. Maybe she's trying to prep herself to be the next Mrs. Trump. I, he wouldn't have her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, he's not that dumb. <laughs> not that dumb. You know, I mean, <laughs> hey, uh, if if no. if the old one's wearing out, you go and get yourself a new one. No, yeah, don't think. so. So, but no, it's interesting. You parked yourself right, sort of in political alley here. You no, know, I Wherever didn't, you're I looking, didn't do I'm getting, that. I'm they starting just, to twitch. <laughs> you're starting to twitch. We we had I'm a we, at names we here. had a conversation <laughs> yesterday about uh, how we need to have a special collar like they have for dogs for heart warm, warm and ticks. Okay. Where, where yeah. it's an anti-politician yes. collar. You put the collar around your neck. And the politicians are repelled. Are repelled. Yeah, yeah. They, there's no glad handing, no handshaking, no uh, baby kissing. Uh, they just, uh, they, they run away like the plague. I don't know why they did that. Maybe it was because they thought everybody would just avoid this area. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We, you know, we are the nexus of the building. We have a, a line always forming uh, for refreshment. And, uh, and it seems that a lot of politicians end up hanging out in front of our shop. Well, you know, I like your setup. This has got nothing to do with any. Anything, but this is really cool. Your coffee setup. Yeah. You oh. should tell. What what is this? Is this something? This is my mobile command. So this came out of your our our, our car hauler trailer. Yeah. So so we have a uh, a 28 foot long uh, toy hauler essentially that was designed for a snowcross team. So it's all insulated and beautiful, and inside has uh, the front front half has a an RV. Yeah. A uh, place to sleep and cook and use the bathroom. The back half is a garage that the sleds used to be. Yeah, and it's all diamond plated up yeah. and stuff. And so, we found it at a great price up in the valley. And um, I sat down with a AutoCAD sort of uh, program and drafted up this concept. And then a buddy of mine, who's a, a welder, professional welder, uh, helped me over about a 14-day period. We were yeah. 12-hour days. I couldn't feel my hands right for the next six months from the yeah. grinding and the cutting and the, yeah. you know all the all the stuff. But no, this has probably been the best investment of my but entire this life. Is- Genius, and why I say that is I did not know it came out of the trailer. Oh yeah, yeah. And See, <laughs> now people could hire you to come and and do something oh, in yeah. a building that does not have. Yeah, exactly. Uh, does not have a coffee shop. That's a, uh, and, and if we, they were doing a big event. We designed it to be a, a multi multi yeah. use, multi purpose. Uh, you know, so we can serve out of the back of the trailer. We can ro- I, we've had it in uh, every every Christmas when the uh, Christmas bazaar happens at at the high school in Kenai. We are the coffee vendor there outside. Oh, this goes the into the high school. Yeah, yeah, out of the auditorium. We've been. That uh, is so clever. We've been in the Sterling Community Center for Friends ah. of the NRA banquets. Um, uh, we've well, been in. We've been in here in the sports center probably more than any other place. Uh, whether it's here uh, during the sports show or they generally put us up by the f- 
front for the IDEA homeschool curriculum yeah. fair. Mm -hmm. That's a big mm -hmm. deal. Um, all of those things sort of went away with COVID, but yeah. they're coming but they'll back they'll come with back. a vengeance. But, the, but you know, I didn't realize that this, I knew you had the trailer because I've seen you in the trailer. You do the fun in the midnight sun. Yeah. But yeah. I, I'm just watching this going, this is genius. This is sort of like a mobile. Uh, it's our mobile know, command. Uh, yeah, espresso yeah. shop, yeah. which I want that. I'm, I don't longer drink coffee. Yeah. Most of us no longer just drink coffee. Right, right. And if, especially if you've got inclement weather, which you can have here it, in Alaska. It's got to be concentrated. And, it's got to be with and all the flavors. Wants, and nobody wants to pee all day. So, <laughs> no. so why drink a gallon of yeah. drip when you can have, you know, four shots yeah. of condensed yeah. uh, uh, caffeine well, goodness? Well, this, is, this is good on you. Great yeah. design. Great. Yeah, Great. I will never build another one. <laughs> <laughs> just sell the design. Yeah, yeah, the next, just sell the design. The, the, the next Copyright one, it. The next one that's built will be done by a professional yeah. fabricator with yeah. all the right tools. Because we were we were sort of using kind of, yeah. kind of sketchy uh, MacGyver yeah. means to do yeah. it. Yeah. But, um, but it no, works. it's it's bulletproof. It, it is it absolutely bulletproof. This kiosk will outlive me. Yeah, and it's sharp looking. It's really nice looking too. From the outside, when you look at it, you don't realize that it's portable. You don't so, realize so, it comes apart in so pieces. So I, I, I'm, I'm really digging on this. Uh, I'm getting some, uh, some accolades from a four-star chef, and uh, oh, you no. know, nah. uh, she's, uh, she's in retirement, sort of secluded hiding now. Nah. But uh, I just, li I like genius when I see it. Somebody who understands a kitchen, you know. Well, her portability and, and, uh, you know, how, what it adds to somebody because. Uh, I was trying to talk to somebody the other day, trying to talk them into the, not in Alaska, not in Alaska. I said, you should start one of those coffee, you know, drive-through coffee places. Right. You know, and when you start to look at it, there's a, a really good ones are very cleverly designed. Right. Seriously. Right. There's, there's design, design and aesthetics are huge. And, and I don't think a lot of people understand that. You know, you know? beautiful things sell stuff. You know, I, I'm I'm kind of tired of the the cookie cutter sort of steel building approach in Alaska, where where there's no there's no aesthetic appeal to the structure. It's just totally functional and no no form. They're getting they're getting better. They're getting yeah. better. My neighbor actually, uh, I live out in Akiski, and my neighbor two houses up. She actually designed the new Kanaitsi school. Okay. She was right. the architect behind that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she so, uh, she actually is in the shop quite frequently with clients going over drawings. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's in, like... Yeah. Yeah, I believe uh, I believe her daughter is a student of my wife's uh, piano oh, business. Oh, uh, okay, it's so, interesting. Yeah, small yeah, so world. It's uh, you know it's Saturday. We're in Soldatna. It's sunny. Uh, there's a lot of sunshiny faces here. Uh, we have um, we have a vendor across from us that if I can wave him down. Uh, he's with uh, Fallen Outdoors. Yeah, Loretta, you want to go and, and let him know it's his time. It's his time to shine. So he's coming on back over here. Loretta's uh, walked away from the microphone for a moment. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on here. There's a wall of guns. There's a bunch of, uh, bunch of RVs and uh, all kinds of things uh, that you can check out. And uh, right now we're being joined um, by the Fallen Outdoors, and uh, Bradley uh, is uh, joining us 
Bradley, welcome to the Ammo Can Coffee Social Club Conservative Hour of Power and Enlightenment Salon. This is Loretta, uh, my co-host, and uh, we just—I've uh, been looking at your booth over there the last, you know, day and a half now, and and uh, you got some cool stickers, and it looks like you are a a uh, a veteran, maybe owned and veteran serving company that has something to do with the outdoors and vets and getting people into fun spots. Can you tell us a little bit about your, your program? Yes, sir. Uh, good to be on and thank you for having us. And uh, we are a... Yeah, go ahead and, and, and just uh, make the microphone your best friend. Okay. There we that. go. That's awesome. Yeah. They, uh, and, uh, we are a veteran and service member nonprofit uh, that we do all this stuff for free, uh, free to little no cost to the service members and vets to get them outdoors. So that way we're fighting suicide by doing that and getting them out. Um, we do all kinds of wild and wacky ideas to get them out, anything we can to make it, um, you know, just get them outdoors. It doesn't matter what it is. It's just something outside of their house. So so how, how are you funded? We are funded by contributions. Uh, we have a, we usually do, well, phrase that. We have our annual banquet in February every year up in Anchorage. And uh, that's where the majority of our funds come from is all the auction items that we get and uh, things like that. So we're still doing fundraisers here and there as we go. Uh, right now we're raffling off two guns this weekend that are um, over here at the booth. So you can How come much get, are your tickets for those? 20 for one and six for 100. Okay. And one of the rifles is uh, engraved with our logo on it. All right. So first person uh, drawn gets to pick which gun they want. So, so let's describe the logo. So we have a soldier with taking a knee in front of a fallen soldier's uh, memorial. That you've probably seen those with the boots and the uh, the the gun bayoneted into the dirt between the boots and the helmet on top of the stock of the gun. And he's bowing in memory to uh, to a fallen comrade. But across the back of the his his bowed head and back, we see. All the outdoor sports, we see shooting sports, we see archery, we see uh, shotgunning, we see rifle. I don't know what the third one is. Uh, is that a samurai sword? Because <laughs> I want to tell you, I'm not a veteran, but I would love to get in on the samurai action. Yeah, it's uh, fly fishing. You know, well, we, okay, fishing, yeah, fishing. We do all okay, kinds that of, makes sense. Yeah, we do everything. Uh, this summer alone, we've got like 25 trips that we've uh, purchased due to the funds and donations for from our supporters here in the state and uh, we've already got those we're starting to send them out uh, we've got a fishing trip we're giving away out of Homer Monday night okay so and that's only the that's the second one we're giving away and we've got 20 plus to go this year so let me ask you this um, you part do you do everything through your own facilities or do you partner with other programs and other other folks that are that are coming alongside you as partners or or donors or I mean how how's it work do you do you have a bunch of equipment you have to maintain or is is everything sort of through these partnerships right now uh we're just starting to really buy uh team equipment we've got a lot of camping equipment that we've just purchased um, in the last couple of weeks and we've just bought, uh, purchased an atv for the team up north to help them get uh, people out caribou hunting more it's just easier for them to do that up there um but as far as overhead we're like five percent of our donations are overhead i.e uh, indirect cost. Indirect cost, show yeah. cost, um, yeah. 
advertising like uh, the banners and things like that. So, that's pretty good. Five five percent. That's you know, office that's, supplies. that's respectable. You know, uh, I know that uh, the Rasmussen Foundation and uh, the Four Acre Group, which are two, you know, the Rasmussen Foundation is the largest private foundation in Alaska, and they help fund somebody called the Four Acre Group, which helps nonprofits become more profitable, more <laughs> successful in raising funds and, and managing those funds in the way that their donors expect, expect them to be managed. And if I, if I, if I remember correctly, I think they said that, that uh, the magic number is 7% or lower. Right. That if you can get to that 7% or lower, then you're like a first grade, you know, A-plus uh, nonprofit. But that, that if your indirect cost rate goes above that, then you got to start kind of sort of questioning really each line that it's going to and say, is that really justified? And, you know, I at one point, I know the community hospital in Valdez, where I lived, had an indirect cost rate of like 26%. <laughs> so every 26 cents out of every Every dollar that came into that hospital was spent on administrative overhead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah uh, we just bought a new trailer and uh, a lot of camping equipment this year, plus the ATV, which all of that goes right back into getting everybody outdoors. So it's uh, that we don't count as overhead costs, but what we do for our overhead is our uh, office supplies and things like that. That's where our overhead is. Uh, we're, none of us get paid for this. We're all veterans and volunteers. Okay. So that's how we keep our uh, costs so low. So now it sounds like you're statewide because you said Fairbanks. You said the northern. We are statewide. We're actually a uh, national nonprofit, and there's 37 other teams out throughout the nation. So we are the team here in the state of Alaska, and our national headquarters is there in uh, Washington. So your shirt says Alaska State Leads, so obviously you lead the entire team that's based is there are there is there someone in anchorage i'm sorry Okay. I've got bad hearing from oh. all my service. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, okay. got, we got a commercial break pretty, overhead. Pretty loud. <laughs> well, well, we'll pause for yeah. a moment to let the uh, great voice in the sky finish yeah. saying whatever it is she's saying. So do you have a team in Anchorage yes, to ma'am. deal with them? So it's like Anchorage, Fairbanks, on the Kenai, any well, other, any other, anywhere else? Well, or? right now, we're just now, uh, this is our first show down here on the Kenai. Oh, okay. So we're actually trying to grab as many people here as we can possibly get. But um, right now, our main presence is either uh, the Valley or um, Fairbanks. Fairbanks. So So you're you're really trying to make an effort to come down here. Correct. Okay. So that. Okay. So so are you a a registered 501c3 then? We are. Okay. So so if the gentleman over here selling Coleman uh, campers (laughs) would want to donate a camper to you, you would be able to give him a tax receipt. Yes, sir. Most definitely. Yeah. You know that's that's really I think you know um, money's great, but uh, if you're a business owner and you have uh, in kind uh, donations that you can make in equipment, and uh, you know. Uh, you get to write that whole thing off on your on your taxes, especially if you're a very enterprising person and you're making a lot of money. The IRS is going to want its fair share. But why give that to the IRS when you can give it to a program like uh, Fallen Outdoors? You know, I mean, <laughs> I can guarantee you they're going to be a lot nicer than the IRS. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I've actually got um, several people here. Uh, Prospector John. Uh, oh, John's, John's great. John's uh, great. Annex Gun Shop, Danny, he's, you know, they're both sponsors. Uh, they help us out a lot. Uh, we've got Rod and Reel. We've got 
Well, let, let, let me back up for a minute because I want to touch on prospectors. Okay. Okay. Uh, you brought him up, and uh, and I want to let you know that you know there the people who support people in this community generally don't just put their their support in one place. They spread it all around. So so when we were about ready to close our doors because of the COVID lockdowns and the government telling us that our family was not essential. Um, Suzanne Downing wrote an article about our shop, and then she started a GoFundMe campaign. Well, Prospector John was sitting on a bass boat in Texas when the story bounced across his phone. He called me from that bass boat, and he said, hey, my name's Prospector John, and I'm going to be back up in Alaska shortly. He says, would it be possible for me to prepay $500 worth of drip coffee because I, he, he said he said I come down I come down to a UPS store and uh, I buy or I come and pick up my mail once a week and it'd be awesome if I could just swing in and grab a cup of coffee to go up back up the road I was like yes most definitely you can prepay $500 worth of drip coffee yeah so you know a prospector John's a great guy as are a number of the other folks that uh, that reached out to us as they're reaching out to your population your organization so do you have any so you've got the two guns what what kind of guns do you have over there uh one of them's an ar pistol okay. that uh like i said danny took and uh engraved our logo on on the magwell danny at the annex Annex. Yes. okay awesome and last uh this past year for our banquet danny built us a custom rifle with custom serial number and model number so and he's continuing that from hand forward so, so tell us tell us a little bit about your about your banquet banquet when that happens where it happens how people can get involved. Well, right now our banquet scheduled for February eighteenth of twenty three. We just had our last one uh, this past February, and it'll be our fourth year. This this coming up one will be our fourth year banquet. So um, what kind of what kind of attendance are you drawing for that? Uh, three hundred seats is Ooh. all we've had. Wow! And, and it, it sells out. Sold out. It sells out very fast every year. Uh, everybody can follow us on uh, Facebook at the Fallen Outdoors Team Alaska Banquet page. Okay. And if you're a veteran or a service member, you can get in our Facebook group. Go to the Fallen Outdoors West Coast All Veterans page. Okay. Answer the questions and get put into the group, and then you find our stuff and you search the little magnifying glasses hashtag team alaska you'll find all of our posts that we put out especially our trips uh-huh. uh we've got a trip we're giving away like i said monday night it's uh out of homer and there's several more trips that'll be coming up this summer we've got everything from homer all the way to fairbanks back down to valdez of trips that we're giving away okay so all it costs people to go on these trips are to get there mm. okay all right awesome uh, well, now, now you said um, you offer things, but so you must adapt whatever it is you're offering. You just don't do fishing trips. What if someone just wanted to um, go photograph animals oh. and they weren't able to get out in the wilderness? You know, they're not a hunter. Well, they, they still want to experience it. That well, right, right they're, now, they're disabled. That's something you do, though, too. Correct. Well, right now we've got uh, Princess Cruise Lines. We've got uh, dinner cruises booked for them. We've got... Um, that is, that's fabulous. We've got uh, the oh, the river boat up in uh, Fairbanks. Ah, okay, um, yeah. My mind's slipping right now, sorry. <laughs> that's okay. Too many, too many bumps, too many bruises. We all know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got some gold dredging coming up this year. I mean, 
we're trying to expand other than just hunting and fishing yeah. because yes we know there are people that just don't do that but our big thing too is during the winter we do fishing with santa up in one of the uh, valley lakes ah. uh last year we had uh roughly 450 people showed up for our uh day They'd come in and go. We had everything set up. All they had to do was show up and be there. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, you know, we've been on the news a couple of times with it. Let me let me ask you this, Bradley. Uh, so, you know, the veterans often ha- suffer in silence, um, but they're not the only ones. Their family gets to watch and suffer right alongside them, and, and their their grief and and their uh, concern for their their uh, their home hometown hero and family member is often as profound or more profound than uh, than what what the soldier might be suffering because they knew who went away, yeah, and the person that came back isn't always necessarily the same person that they knew. That, that's a very true statement. So so what do you guys do? I, I assume that you include their families in some way. Is that, is that part of the program, or do you have, a, a, do you have a, a way to include their families as they do some of these activities? On some of the adventures we do, I mean, but our main charter is veterans, active duty, and uh, Gold Star family. Okay. So we have to play very closely to the rules mm-hmm. of the charter. Yeah. But we do, like I said, the ice fishing tur- uh, thing that we do, that is... We open that to the family. You know, family. Well, I was family. thinking with Santa Claus, you know, yes. it'd, be, it'd be fun to watch a bunch of big, you know, tough yeah. Marines out there hanging out with Santa Claus. Oh, yeah. It was, that's a great time. Uh, the last two uh, winters that we've done it were beautiful. I mean, just bluebird sky days. So temperatures were great. And people were just having an absolute ball out there fishing and playing and watching the kids run around, having fun. Uh, I mean, we had the Grinch, we had Santa's uh, elves. Um, man, I mean, it was just amazing. You know, it sounds uh-huh. wonderful because even abled Alaskans have trouble getting out in the winter. Yes. And yeah. I can imagine being disabled and having barriers put up and then saying, hey, I, no one wants to live in a house no, the rest no. of their lives. And see, that's why we say whatever we do is to get them outdoors. Yeah, I love that idea. Um, yep. There's a one of the promoters that we talked to. We reached out to. They gave us tickets to uh, one of the comedians that came up earlier in the winter, and that that went over. I mean, that was just a blast. I, I don't know how many people applied. We all had like six set of tickets, and I think it took 300 people entering to try to win those tickets for oh, free. Gosh. So. Yeah, we do all like I said, we do all kinds of stuff to get people outdoors. Yeah. And when we say outdoors, we mean out of your house, out yeah. of your comfort zone. Let's go do something. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait for our zip line trips up out of Denali. We've got ATV trips. Oh, those are so uh, we're exciting. Working so on they like, attach the cable to Denali and then <laughs> No, I don't, I don't think so. I, I don't think no, it's up on the hill. It's a long ride down. <laughs> hey, well, oh, you know too. what? They got a they got a race on the last line. Yeah, there's seven yeah. lines or there's eight lines in the uh, last one they're racing each other down the line. Oh, so. that's awesome. Oh. Yeah, and is this a, one of those zip lines where you're on your belly? Uh, honestly, I don't know. I've not been to I, it. I saw one in South Africa no, that, that no. you actually, it's so fast that you lay down on your belly in a carriage and they put this rudder between your legs, this foam rudder, not so that. you don't start spinning. <laughs> not doing that. No, not doing that. No, we're good. We're yeah. good. We'll pass on that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Zip line's not my idea of fun. But I'm sure there's people that love it. Oh, you know? they uh, we did it last summer, and it was an absolute blast. We've got pictures all over. Uh, 
everybody can go to, like I said, our Facebook page for our banquet. They can see the photos from last year that we've posted and go back and start reading through some of the posts from the trips that we put on and see how things went and all that. So do do sponsors get uh, get access to the banquet? Can they come? Oh, in? yes, sir. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yes, sir. Any, everybody's welcome at the banquet. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. All right. Well, cool. Thank you, Bradley, for your time. And uh, we hope that this uh, show is as successful for you as it has been for us. Uh, We are selling the heck out of the coffee here. Julie is slinging it about as fast as she can. So um, uh, I will probably come over to your booth here shortly and buy one of those stickers. Uh, I'm a sticker guy, so I've got to deface everything. So anyway, he gave me a poker chip, by the way. Uh, Tell us about the poker chip. Oh, that's pretty cool. We had the poker chips at our banquet as our table gifts. And what was left over, I figured, hey, the best thing to them is when I hand you my business card, like like me, a lot of times that business card goes in a pile and you've got it on your desk. But I figured that poker chip would make it stick out in your mind of who we were and get you involved. So, oh, those are cool. Yeah, those are and, cool. It, and it's a legit poker chip, too. Whoa. Yeah, it's actually a, a true poker chip. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm thinking that that would be a cool... Uh, I, I would just want to make a like ammo can set. That would be that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. It's a good idea, man. Yeah. It's a genius idea. So People aren't going to lose that. Oh, they fought over them at the banquet. There was none. <laughs> you know, there was nothing left by it, like... Uh, Bear huggers and things like that. People will leave them behind. Yeah, koozies, no, yeah. No. That, now you need to get somebody to throw those onto like a, a chain or something. So they got, you know, medallion. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Wear it around there. Wear it with their uh, dog tags. There we go. So, there we go. See, there's the new idea. Guys. Yeah, pretty, another pretty idea. Pretty sure that's not regulation, but whatever. <laughs> well, uh, we appreciate you. Hey, thank again. you very much. Thank you for your service. Thank you. And your service to our veterans. Appreciate and it. Come by the shop. Check it out. We, uh, we exist to serve the military community and their families. Families and uh, all patriots. Uh, we I had one promotion where I said if environmentalists bleed green, then we bleed red, white, and blue. <laughs> yeah, our, this show's been outstanding for us because we've actually gotten down here and met a lot of the veterans that we haven't been in contact with. So that that's the whole point of us being here this weekend. So the more vets we get to get involved, the more vets we get to get out and. Hopefully, it doesn't matter if that one that we reached out to here gets on some of the trips and needs it or doesn't need it. Maybe somebody on that trip needs to talk to somebody, and that's yeah. just the person they gravitate to. So yeah. right. that's right. the best part about it. Yeah. Mm. Well, uh, take care. We're going to take a break here, and I'm going to take and stretch my legs. Okay. I've been sitting on this stool far too long, and my toes are falling asleep. So <laughs> uh, we'll check in with you here shortly uh, with the turn of a switch. And the flip of a knob. And we are back. And uh, I am with Caden McClellan. There it is. Did did I say it with enough? Oh, I loved it. (laughs) Spit all over the place. It was awesome. That's why we have these pop filters on here. They're actually not to stop the pop. They're to stop the the spittle. (laughs) Yeah, they also also don't transmit COVID. They are multidimensional. Oh, that's right. Just don't lick it. Yeah. Oh, don't lick it. (laughs) You should have told me that a few minutes ago. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, welcome back uh, to the Amokan Coffee Social Club conservative hour power. 
Bar and Enlightenment Salon, and we are with Caden McClellan. Caden owns a business called Alaska Boy Productions, yeah. and uh, he's also got a great new product, uh, which is called the Peninsula Coupon Club. Yeah. Uh, and we are we are endorsing the Coupon Club. We are on the Coupon Club, and Caden uh, is, is here to uh, onboard people in the process. Caden, tell us a little bit about the Coupon Club. Well, the Coupon Club is designed to act as a community hub, trying to connect people with the right information, uh, with with valuable information. So the very first kind of face side feature of it is that you can download the app, it's completely free, and you get exclusive uh, discounts or coupons to local businesses. We've got about 25 local businesses on there. All the way from boutiques to spas to uh, restaurants to coffee shops, just now, like now, Ammo Can. Now, coupons sound boring. Yeah. How is this not boring? <laughs> well, it has a what, uh, what's called a scratch-to-win style system. So oh, now I'm excited. Uh, yeah, scratch-to-win. Scratch saving money is not good enough for you? No. It has to be a surprise. Okay. I, I, so, I have so to scratch. There's a, there's a really trendy word they call for it right now called gamification. Oh, gosh. So we've gamified. Yeah, got to look I, that one up. Yeah, and I'm sure it makes me sick, and I'm a millennial. I can't imagine uh, what other generations yeah, think of it. The things you guys are doing to the English language. Games. Yeah. Game, game psychology. Gamification. gamification. It's actually an old Latin word. I'm trying to bring back. Trying, trying to reinvigorate <laughs> yeah, right. the lexicon. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so we, we do this scratch to win style thing. So there's there's three different coupons you can win from each participating business. Uh, every month, those coupons refresh. You scratch off to win. There's this little bubble animation. It's very satisfying. And then you get one of the three coupons. And, and one of those coupons is a gold level coupon. Um, I get a little dopamine dump, yeah. dump just every time I scratch. And as soon as you, if you get one of those gold coupons, it could be a free large pizza. It could be a free cup of coffee. It could be like $30 off a, a thing at Renewal Spa or I think maybe 30%. There are wonderful coupons. Um, and then you've got 30 days to try to use it. And then the next month it resets and you scratch off again. So majority of the time you're going to get not so great of a coupon. But there's that little dopamine rush. Yeah. Maybe I'm going to get one of those good ones. And, you know, it's one of those things where we're really trying to use that feature to push to the 16 to 22-year-old kind of demographic. Because then the other half of it, the half I'm not supposed to tell people about, is that we offer free um, videography services uh, to local nonprofits. We take that videography that we've done for the local nonprofits with preventative information and community information, and we <laughs> funnel it to those young people or old people um, who want to, if they watch it, they then can give us their email address and get entered to win gift cards. So we take someone who would never, ever interact with this educational information. We say, hey, how about a, if I give you a free pizza pizza or a chance to win a free pizza pizza, would you educate yourself about these local nonprofits and these preventative things in our community? So it's, it's so rather, a rather than way. just clicking off, yeah. it, it's kind of like, I, actually, I, I have to admit, I like to kill a downtime, you know, just, just yeah. sort of those dead minutes in the day by flipping over to some mindless games on my phone. Yeah. You could do and a thing called reading, too. I you know, read. Like reading. Sometimes. You have to read the instructions I, on the game. When I have to, uh, okay. yeah. Okay. I, I read the advertisements <laughs> that give me bonus features in my game. But, but really, right. that's what we're talking about. Yep. Uh, you're getting a bonus. Yeah. If you watch the nonprofit spiel. Yeah and learn about the, the worthy things they're doing in the community, you're gonna get a bonus. Yeah. A bonus opportunity to get more discounts and hey, you know, in this day of inflation we could all use as many discounts as we can get. Yeah. And and, and some of them are really good. I think I think one of them, I think Everything Bagels uh, over there next to the fitness place in Soldatna, I think they have a free thing at every level of the coupon. Mm. So if you get the free bronze butter. the bronze level, you get free 
cream cheese with your bagel, I believe. And then if you get the silver, you get free something else. If you get a gold, you get a free sandwich. Mm. So like you're walking away with something free no matter every month from everything bagels. It, it you know, but it's it's good marketing. Oh, and the other thing I want to say about that is if you own a restaurant or a boutique or one of those businesses that the type of business that gives away coupons. Not every business is. I don't want a coupon to go to my dentist. You know, buy one root canal, get one free. Like, there's, there's limits to this. But if you run a yeah. coupon business, get then, one extraction, get the other half yeah, off. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's they only take half of it off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so well, not uh, half the extraction, and then you the pay extra- us for the rest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I talk to people about this. They go, oh, I don't run a coupon business. But if you do run a coupon business, um, you know, one of those kind of restaurants, boutiques. Then it's completely free to you. So I don't charge anything to get your to get your re- your business on the app for the coupon side of it. Um, because the more businesses that that join, the larger our growth will be. The larger the more value we add to the community, the more value we add to the community, more downloads we get, more downloads we get, more preventative and educational information we can get to the community. So the larger the network grows, the more benefit we can give to the nonprofits. So that's why we don't charge for that part of it. Now, I, you know, I'm a capitalist, so we do charge for parts of it. <laughs> shoot me a message. I'll take your money. Don't worry. But that part of it, you know, is designed to be free. Okay. And they are uh, doing the great sky voice is uh, doing another capitalist thing. So we will have a pregnant pause in the stimulating conversation. I can't tell so if they're we giving can. something away yeah, or if they're telling know. us to try to look for someone who's suspicious. Oh, who knows? <laughs> All right, so uh, no children are missing, apparently. Nobody seems no. concerned. No. So uh, nobody's lost their mother. All or missing children will be given away to, you know, we'll, we'll raffle them off. So anyway, um, so Caden, let's let's talk a little bit about your, your other business. Yeah. Let's talk about Alaska Boy, Boy Productions. And, and are you a full-service video production company? Or, I mean, what, what, what do people what do people expect to find? Yeah, so they hire you. Mostly, it's a it's a business to business service. I, I try to take care of local businesses in the community. I try to give them affordable, professional web design and videography. Um, the web design is a huge thing. I mean, it's <laughs> the majority. Just hurry up, Deborah. All right. Anyways, um, <laughs> it's just one of those things where um, there have been a few companies who have come through, not local companies per se, but lower 48 companies who come through and have really burnt most of our small businesses on web design and overcharged them and underperformed. Um, so I really saw that there was a niche there to fill. So I started doing that. And then I realized that they needed some more information on those websites. And the best digital form of information we have, the best digital form of communication we have is video. Um, and so I got proficient in video so that I could could take these small businesses that we have we have some of the most amazing small businesses in this community. We have people who are um, just they're they're outside the box thinkers. They're dedicated. They're hard workers. Uh, but it's kind of hard for them to articulate to a modern audience exactly what makes their business special. And that's what video is so good at. So we get in there with a video camera. We get the business owner's passion captured. We get some nice slow motion B-roll because everything looks cool in slow motion. Even boring things look cool in slow motion. <laughs> and we put like it on this, there. Like this, I'm going to raise this coffee to uh, yeah. my yeah, okay. lips. Yeah, we could make Jason <laughs> not look boring. Drink. And that, that <laughs> yeah. you got to go to about a thousand <laughs> frames per second, but you can make it happen. <laughs> and then, but it's twofold too because you got you to take the audio and you got to change it. 
I, I put a, uh, not to get on a rabbit trail, but I did a video for a local coffee shop at one point, and I was really proud of it. It was like a tour de force. Like, I did every trick I knew, and then I digitally imposed the sip at the end, because that was the whole point of the video. It was like, it was the first sip. And my, I remember my wife watching this whole video that I was so proud of, and be like, that sip's real stupid. And I didn't like that. It made me very uncomfortable. So, slow motion footage with a cool audio yeah. and no bodily sounds at all makes for perfect video. And that's hard to articulate, and you're not going to learn that in college, kids, but it's there. That's the secret. So, we can do that for any sort of business. We don't really do any, like, weddings or anything like that, because uh, uh, my wedding was the best wedding I've ever been to, and they're all downhill from there. So, you know, I prefer working with businesses. I prefer making your business look cool online. That's yeah. what I like to do. So, uh, folks, if you come down to the Sportsman Show, you can, uh, Caden is hanging out with us today. You can <laughs> you can come in on board, or you can onboard from your home. Caden, how do they do that? Yeah, so we are, we are on uh, the Google Play Store, which would be your Android devices, your Samsungs and whatnot. We are also on the Apple App Store. So uh, you take your iPhone out, go to the App Store, and just look up Peninsula Coupon Club. It'll be this nice little kind of... Or if you p- choose, you could search Coupon Club. What I coupon say. Coupon Club. Yeah, okay, what Not is it? Not Coupon. It? Coupon or Coupon. Well, which one is it? I say coupon. Yeah, you look smarter than me. So no, I'm, I'm, say, I'm not. Yeah. I'm just from a different part <laughs> of the world. <laughs> no, it's it's actually a it's actually an old commercial yeah, meme. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's no, a it thing. Was. Yeah, it was. It's, it's a coupon thing. or coupon? Right. Yeah, it was coupon? a commercial. Pota- it was potato, potato, yeah, potato, potato. potato. They, they, they right. call it a meme now, but it maybe we'll put a, a, maybe I'll put a poll on the app and they can go on there and they can start from that. And they could that would be that would be entertaining. Yeah, it would be gamify it. Yeah, coupon or coupon. <laughs> we get, you get a 50-50 chance. Come into the ammo can and ask for a coupon or a coupon, and we'll let you know which one's right today, and you'll get it if you get it right. That's a good right. idea. And if you get Ooh, it wrong, no sorry. coffee for you. No coffee. Yeah. No. Taking your name out of the book, you're out of the club. Yeah, we play. You can't buy here anymore. We play high stakes at ammo can. We don't mess around. Yeah. So, yeah, if, you, if you're if on board, I encourage you to find the ammo can uh, coupon. Yeah. Or coupon. <laughs> or coupon. And, coupon. and uh, choose whichever one you want, the coupon or the coupon. And yeah. go ahead and, and scratch. Scratch to play and win. And we have three different prizes that are uh, in the queue. Pond. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did right there? There you go. I should have uh, yeah. went super edgy. And I should have spelled it like Q. With a Q. P-O-N. Yeah. Coupon Club. Yeah, no, yeah. I think if people... Man, I would have lost a huge gap of the generation. But if people had spelled that, I have a, it. It's too close to some other words. And oh, and you would probably <laughs> yeah, do, yeah, be directed yeah, yeah, to. Yeah, I got a billion. Ne- I got a billion downloads for the QAnon Club. <laughs> <laughs> they loved it. No, I said yeah, that wrong too. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, um, so come down, uh, get get uh, get onboarded, scratch to win, right, and uh, you can apparently get a ticket for the Wall of Guns. Yeah, there's only ten things. tickets left yeah, for the Wall of Guns. For the, yeah. for the Wall of Guns. <laughs> Turn oh. your hearing aids up. I, I think we need to turn the. I wonder hearing how. Have you listened down. back? How well does that come through on this? It always comes in. It comes, it comes yeah, in real yeah, good. It's, it's rich and powerful. <laughs> hey, it's just like I don't know if you got on a lot of Zoom calls during the the pandemic. Um, but yeah. you cannot hear what they're saying, but you can hear everything else. Everything that their kid is shouting at Fortnite in the background yeah. every so, single so time. So then, can you explain to me why everybody loves Zoom? You got to understand, I, I hate cell phones because if you've ever had a landline the way I grew up, 
the sound on that is so wonderful. And we've got a whole generation that are used to like these phones where the digital, yeah. the digital where the sound is horrendous and everybody's all happy with it. Yeah. You know, so like you're asking Zoom. why our generation likes Zoom calls? Yeah, when it's horrendous. Well, it's not that we like Zooms, that we hate pants. And if you can tell me <laughs> that I can go to work and not have to put on pants, I'll send a carrier pigeon but to work if I have to. doesn't mean anything. Yeah, okay. No, yeah. no, I have to tell you a story. I, 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 I want to know, please. I want to know you're wearing pants, okay? If well, I am right Zoom now. Call. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, I forgot about the listeners. Come down to the sports show. There's a chubby guy with no pants on. <laughs> he has an app. Connect you to similar like-minded individuals. Yeah. You know, when, oh, I, was yeah. in, when I was in Juneau, I, I, I was watching all these committee meetings. And oh. and uh, during the, you know, during the, the regular session, all of the bureaucrats are getting, are, are talking about their departments because they want the legislature to fully fund them, right? More. And so uh, More. I remember watching a, a committee meeting and, and, and what they were doing because the Capitol was still locked down was yeah. they were not allowing the bureaucrats in the building. So everything was on zoom yeah this guy comes on and he's supposed to be some kind of intellectual um expert that is is uh, working with the department to i don't know do something fancier or better or whatever he literally comes on zoom in his bathrobe <laughs> i mean it was sort of like he should have had an ascot on then at but he, least he it, didn't know that at it was least like, it would have looked it like was, a smoking it was, jacket it but, was audio and video he <laughs> didn't I realize think, I think it was, was his i think it was his wife's bathrobe you know it, yeah <laughs> and he just sat there and and all i could think i mean i'm sure he was saying smart stuff but all i could think was he's in his bathrobe isn't there a button on it that says please change <laughs> get better clothing you need one Zoom needs one, I please. Think, I do think every every business meeting on Zoom would be better if there was a ranking system for the outfits people wore. Yeah. I think, you know, if you could, like, if you could see, like, a running poll that you're losing because you didn't look nice, I think what it would do is it would, it would force us to then try to look good right. on camera. And then, and then Zoom Boy. would go away. You know, it could yeah, be like, like, because why that's it. We're all get the, dressed? I, I'm only good be, in person. Everyone at the office, I'm getting it these It could votes. be like Airbnb, where you rate each other, and then whoever rates lowest gets kicked off. Oh, my so goodness. Like, off the island, who, Who's yeah. going to be off the island this I, I'm episode? I'm voting for that. I'm voting for that because I've sat through some of those meetings where it's like, get rid of her. Yeah. Him, he needs to be gone. It's the guy with the bathrobe can stay. <laughs> it, it'd be funny. like, okay. what's that movie, Survivor? Yeah. Not Survivor. Is it the show Survivor where they got tribal council yeah. and they all vote against each yeah. other? Yeah. 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 That's how they should start firing at these huge companies. Like yeah. these huge tech companies, they should all be voting against each other. Right. It really create a competitive atmosphere. Yeah. I think is what you'd be going for. Yeah. I, I love that idea. Yeah. You'd see the knives come out real quick. <laughs> real quick. <laughs> uh, I think I was wrongfully dismissed. I'm going to go to HR. They'd be digital knives. Well, whatever it is, they'd kill each other metaphorically. I'm all for it. That is, just to be clear for our listeners, that is not a feature we're adding Peninsula no. Coupon Club. You know, it's not anything we endorse or provide. We're just having fun yeah. here. Get over it. <laughs> I think a Sportsman's Warehouse has recognized that we are recording. <laughs> Yeah. And they've boosted their volume <laughs> so yeah. that they can say Sportsman's Warehouse in the background enough times. Are they getting they get free, free advertising, advertising for you? Yeah. 
Oh my yeah, goodness, that's clever. I think, I should, a, I, I think, I should, think I should have an, Give them a bill. Just, just, send them an just invoice. give me a ticket to the Wall of just Guns just because. <laughs> that's funny. Send that's them an invoice. Funny. So anyway. Well, well it is a public event, so. All right, so we're, we're going to take another quick break. And yep. uh, thank you for joining us, Caden. He's going to be around, folks. No uh, problem. Scratch and win. And uh, you can also come, uh, when you come in the shop, we have the QR code there where it's real easy. You can just scan the QR code. It'll take you right to the app store. You can download and scratch it right there and claim your your uh, your monthly discount on the spot. So, yep. um, if you That's are awesome. a business owner, you need to contact Caden. Caden, yeah. how can they reach you? How, what's the uh, phone number? Well, they my can phone number is nine zero seven seven four one zero nine four three. Or you could uh, Google me in either one of those entities, Alaska Boy Productions or Peninsula Coupon Club, and you can find your way to me. Uh, of course, email, Facebook, all those different things all work. Um, and uh, yeah, I would love to meet. And then also, I mean, business owners for sure. I'd love to meet you. My favorite part of my job is getting to explore behind the scenes. Also, if you run a nonprofit or you're part of the board of the nonprofit or, or you're just heavily involved in a local nonprofit, please reach out to us so we can get you some of this free video work we're giving out and help get your message out there to a larger audience. Oh my gosh, I, I have to comment on the t-shirt that this woman who is ordering coffee is wearing. That, that is scary. It, it says all a sausage, sausage matters. matters. I saw that. <laughs> I was I, I was thinking I could not wear that. I just would. No? I would be. Well, maybe in Alaska you could wear it. I don't know if you could even, like, if you were flying down to wherever oh, and you were sure. in the Seattle airport, they'd let you even get off the plane so 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 uh, it says copper copper river sausage oh something. now that explains it yeah, yeah sausage it, fest it's got a picture yeah. of lady justice yeah um so holding a couple yeah, hot dogs no, no, it's, yeah. it's awesome yeah yes. that's a class shirt yeah 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 that's yeah. good stuff available on soon it's coming <laughs> we're gonna all get right this. guys uh through the magic of wires we're going to disconnect and reconnect to you momentarily and welcome back to the Ammo Can Coffee Social Club Conservative Hour of Power and Enlightenment Salon. I'm speaking very quickly because I'm well caffeinated. <laughs> Have more coffee, Jason. <laughs> Have more coffee. More yeah, coffee, yeah, more coffee. My, uh, at this point, I think my heart is just sort of quivering. Have in some the chest. higher tests. Yeah, yeah. Higher tests. So I've been walking around and uh, talking to some vendors and some other politicians and folks that are seeking office. Uh, seeking to represent us, and uh, we have uh, attracted a new guest. Uh, Jesse Bjorkman here is, you may have heard his voice mm. on well, the formerly the Bird's Eye View, view. and now yeah. the Voice of the Kenai, or Talk of the Kenai. Talk of the Kenai, Talk of the Kenai, Kenai yeah. And now Jesse has had to step down because he's running for office, and he, he can't have that platform to him to his uh, very self. But, um, but we're going to give him an opportunity here to talk a little bit about what has motivated him to seek high office and uh, what some of his goals are uh, should he attain the seat that he's uh, applied to run for. So, Jesse, you're, you're if I'm not mistaken, you're running for the seat of uh, Senator Peter Machicki? That's correct. Yep. Okay. All right. So, Senate so just, just in full disclosure, we had uh, we had your your uh, your opponent uh, Tuckerman Babcock on earlier. Okay. To to also talk about uh, mm -hmm. talk about his his bid for that same seat. So um, go ahead, tell us tell us uh, what has motivated you to sort of jump in the ring. Well, thanks a lot for that opportunity, Jason, and uh, giving me the opportunity to talk to your listeners here on the podcast. I think as we kind of look for how people can be effective in Juno, I think it's important that we have working families represented in Juno so that we can represent 
those interests of hardworking Alaskans and what they want to see out of their state government. And I think having limited government that is very small and responsive to the needs of working people is my number one goal to bring to Juneau. And what that includes, Jason, is we need to get our budget and a financial house in order. We need to make sure that we have a constitutional spending limit that works to prevent government from growing in times of abundance, kind of like what we have now. <laughs> and we need to, to limit that spending in, in a way that is responsive and, and honors Alaskans. Another big big priority that I have is we need to make sure that people who commit crimes in our communities, they stay locked up and they stay in prison and we keep them in jail until we are absolutely convinced that they are no longer a danger to society. You know, just, just now I was talking with someone in my booth, Jason, who had someone who committed uh, a crime against himself and his family and that person was very quickly released and put back on the street to, to go on and murder two other people right mm. here in Alaska. And those types of things are really disheartening. So when we have proposals put forward to close our local prison and to ultimately make Alaskans less safe, I'm going to stand firmly against those proposals and support good, safe infrastructure that supports working families who want to build meaningful and worthwhile lives for themselves here on the Kenai Peninsula. What is safe infrastructure? So, I mean, that, that's a nice word, but... Absolutely. Like, like I always find... I, I listen to politicians' rhetoric, and they go, oh, okay, great buzzwords, but what does that mean? Because for me, infrastructure would be, I mean, just up here, the line up here, we have an anti-pebble mine uh, booth. Now, for me, that's part of the infrastructure. Absolutely and is. And I'm not saying we should do the pebble mine or not, but there was never, for me, I've watched this argument. For me, they've never said, well, how can we change the mine so that we can at least utilize, you know, part of that and make more jobs? Absolutely. Because it's really how, nice how to say it, make jobs. How does it become safer? Yeah, how does it become safer? I mean, safer? No, no industry is 100% safe. You're, you're absolutely yeah. correct. For me, in, in that context, I was talking about safe infrastructure, meaning that we need to make sure we have roads and state roads that are well-built and well-maintained. Also, they need to be maintained in the winter. Out north in Nikiski, yeah. where, where we live, yeah. we saw state roads and tier two state roads that really fell into a pretty sad state of affairs over this winter. And you couldn't stay on the road if you went 35 miles yeah. an hour on Miller Loop Road. Yeah. Now, now let me let me back up to, you currently ho hold an office, is that that's, that's correct, correct, right? Yep. So you're on the, on the, borough, the borough assembly? This is yeah. my third year on the borough assembly representing Nikiski. So, so now that we're talking about roads, I'm going to ask you a question about roads because uh, this winter was horrendous. Uh, yeah. For those in Nikiski, I remember I drove down Hillside Drive to pick up a gentleman who uh, needed a ride, and I used to live on Hillside, and I'd never seen that road in such bad uh, state of maintenance. Uh, you could barely even fit a single car down the yeah. down the lane, and uh, I had I had somebody in my shop who um, has some kind of connection to the borough mayor and uh, was in some kind of a meeting where uh, or a social setting where where she overheard the borough mayor say essentially that while the funds were allocated for road maintenance, that he had not released any of the contracts for road maintenance uh, because he needed to project yeah, an image of Watson, fiscal conservatism. 
and that uh, he didn't want it to seem like he was here we're gonna wait until the voice yeah. in the sky stops shouting at us Hard, hard to compete with that. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, uh, you sit on the borough assembly. Uh, we have at least the perception from somebody in the public who, who uh, has a family member that competes for these uh, these uh, um, contracts to clear roads, saying now they're really upset because the funds were allocated but were not released. So, yep. so can you give, shed some light on that? Sure. So I don't know specifics about that issue, but it is very important when people find out information like that, that you share that information with your borough assembly mm -hmm. member because they can make a difference. And this is a lot of the way that things will, will work at the local level here on the Kenai Peninsula Borough and at the state as well, as it's very hard for the assembly or sometimes the state legislature to get information until someone gives it to them because ultimately you don't know what you don't know. Right. And so when members of the public hear that type of thing, it's very important to give that information to your electeds so that they can act on it. Right. Okay, so then you're on the borough assembly. What's wrong with the roads? So, What's your interpretation? So, How would you change it if you were if you were king of everything and and because <laughs> no, no, we, we've had I these arguments. I think you know, Tom Petty said, "King for a day." King if for a right. day. If, uh, because we we if actually, I were if I were king, yeah. the world would swing. I think he yes. says, because yeah. we've actually had this discussion. This is hilarious <laughs> because we we've sent people to Juno, and they're stuck because it's not just you going to Juno. You've still got to deal with the rules committee. You've got to do deal with the legal department. Your caucus. The, the caucus. You've got to deal with all this. So it sounds really nice. Absolutely. But, I mean, we've watched people. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to name names, but people, you know who I'm talking about. We sent them two years ago. And they haven't done anything. And then they just morphed into... Ben Carpenter actually was one of the nine people that shut down... Who was it? Voted against... Uh, David Eastman. David Eastman. Yeah, yeah actually, yeah. they expelled him from the House's Minority Caucus. Yeah. Uh, actually, all of our delegates on the peninsula so, so, were part of that. So, so much about sending conservative people with good ideas to hold the line. What would you do? Well, specifically with roads, um, you need to have conversations with people and let them know that all this road service, the plowing, we can make headway by changing some contracts, but also those contracts need to go out. And what, what the mayor has done, and it's, it's a good thing that he's moving forward on this, but those contracts and services actually have to be completed now, is changing contracts to time and materials contracts, or okay. from time and materials, to just a flat rate and uh, okay. say, you need to keep these roads maintained, yeah, okay. and you get a set amount to do that, and then that's your job. And then those companies that want to bid on those projects can use the equipment that they see best fit to do okay. that. But the road has to be plowed and plowed to this width, and that's the bottom line. But all of those things, and as we, as we get more snow and more snow falls, if we say, hey, we're not going to plow snow if it's four inches or less, 
Well, that might be well and good for that four inches of snow, but the problem happens when another three or four inches falls on top of that, then people that are driving regular cars, yeah. they're not going anywhere for yeah. a while. And that's what happened this winter. Yeah. 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 Especially yeah. when state plows mm -hmm. will plow a berm onto a borough road, yeah. and then you have not just seven inches of snow, you might have a foot of snow yeah. in a berm, and you're not driving a regular car. Well, and, and that's mm -hmm. sort of one of the side benefits of having a coffee shop, is I hear a lot of these <laughs> conversations, and, and uh, I weigh in, and I had somebody out from, uh, not just Nikiski, but out uh, Tote Road area that, that was mm -hmm. telling me that uh, one of their neighbors almost uh, it, it got into a life-threatening situation because of the, the state of their road and uh, where his own wife had to replace the ball joints twice in, her, in the front end of her vehicle because yeah. of the poor maintenance because of these craters of the moon that yeah. right. when you compact you know four inches on four inches on four inches on yeah. four inches and then you have a period yeah. of freeze-thaw freeze-thaw right. and now and, you've got and that extra maintenance because roads aren't maintained to me like that's a form of a tax yeah and so people have to decide we need to have frank conversations with folks how is it that you would like to pay yeah for road service do you want to pay by your car breaking down yeah because you got to put new trucks and whatever else in your car or you've got other damage to your car from driving on these crazy pothole roads or do we pay for more service to keep roads better maintained or do we have more effective service and how can we deliver that? And so I think there's got to be some good frank conversations there about what it is that we can do for people and be very honest because none of this is free. Oftentimes we get people into a false sense of security that a magical ferry just shows up and the road gets plowed. But trust me, those people want to be paid. Now, now I have full disclosure, I had no problems with my road this year. That's good to hear. No, the guy, but I also, my husband, I drive a Sequoia, four-wheel drive, high clearance, because of where I live. I live mile, past mile 33, on a road that did not have a lot of people. I looked it up when I bought the house. It was on one of the lower tiered roads. It, it said it was up to three days they could take to, sure. to plow it. So I, and I'm not trying to diss anybody, but you know, I see people that move into my neighborhood and they're driving a California car and I'm going, buddy, you need to go get a grip. Your Pius is not going to make it. It's not going to make it. And I don't... See, <laughs> I mean, my Prius. my position is we're in Alaska. Sure, we had a relatively bad winter, but I've seen these winters before. Oh, sure. We've had these winters before with this much snow. Just yeah. not within the last 10 years. Yeah, when I was and a kid so, in high school, the winters were like this. I, we haven't oh, yeah. had a good winter since No, we haven't. So, you know, uh, th there's a responsibility. The borough cannot pay for everything. That's true. And it can't pay to maintain my road at mile 33 on which there's probably 15 houses 12 houses it's over a mile long a mile and a half in there why are we paying why would you well, i would not want to pay extra taxes to maintain my road any better because somebody wants to move in and drive a low-slung car see there's the Understood. real reason she doesn't want anybody new moving in yep and that's that's an understandable <laughs> but that, situation but that's, for sure. that's a choice i made yes right right and if i can make it other because you don't have to drive a, a, a sequoia there's lots of i mean there's lots of other vehicles you can drive that are higher clearance four-wheel drive you're in alaska for heaven's sakes so it frustrates the heck out of me because I see us going towards let's maintain everything to a, a, a this huge high-level standard. We send you to Juno, and then the, the solution that comes out is we're going to take your permanent fund away or tax you. Well, and that's as long all as I ever people, hear. As long as 
un- people understand, like those are the trade-offs yes. as far as specifically to roads. Yes. Like if people want, because the calls I get are, hey, past mile 32, the state road, the Kenai Spur Highway. Yeah. I got lots of complaints about the Kenai Spur Highway late this winter because of how narrow it was out north, past mile 32. But have they ever read the road standards? It says really clearly in the how they clear. I know that past Hal Booty, they don't plow till the second day almost. Mm-hmm. And I know it's going to be narrow. And there's many times I've come in to this podcast, 9 o'clock, and I'm going, okay, where's the side of the road? Yeah. I'm yeah. driving down the middle because it's not been plowed. Now, I know that. Why can't they look it up? Well, I think I think it's all about kind of what perception of what how things should be according to individuals and kind of what they see. And so my interest is making sure we have these conversations with Alaskans so that people know what to expect. Well, let's have them then. Absolutely. Honest ones. Yep. Honest ones like this. And I'm not, if, if, if the majority of my neighbors say, well, we want to pay another $10,000 a year so that I have a nice four-lane road past mile 30, which there's not a, lot, a heck of a lot of people that drive out there. Move back to Anchorage. No, go for it. <laughs> I, don't think go anyone, for it. I don't think anyone's suggesting a four-lane road. For well, w- but whatever their standard is. Sure. Whatever their standard so is. I want to shift hyperbole. gears real quick because we we did ask Tuckerman this question um, is, uh, well, first of all, I guess, how would you differentiate yourself from the currently seated senator? So when Jesse Bjorkman is uh, elected to occupy the Senate seat, now occupied by Peter Michicki, how's that going to look different? So I think as a as a potential legislator, and hopefully I get to be legislator representing the Central Kenai Peninsula, because I think I could be a, a good, effective representative for working families of our area. I think the number one thing that I'm looking to do is be open and honest with people about how things happen in Juneau and kind of what happens. And I know a lot of people are worried and concerned about the permanent fund dividend and how that looks and rolls out. And what I can tell you is that I want to follow the law on the PFT. That's what, that's what people expect. That's what our constituents on the Central Kenai expect. And that's what you're going to get from Jesse Bjorkman is, is we need to follow the law. And if things become untenable and we need to have harder conversations about what that looks like, as far as a proposal was made four years ago to, to follow the law on the PFT, and that had some real, convers- that re- some real consequences for our local area. What it meant was it was going to close a local prison. It was going to close probably at least a third of the schools on the Kenai Peninsula. It was going to not pay senior benefits. It was going to end maintenance on the Seward Highway between here and Anchorage. And a whole host of other things that was built around paying a full PFT in that budget. We need to have those conversations about how those things work and and look for our community. But what what you're going to get from me is we're going to follow the law on the PFT. So... When we look at things like the uh, the court system, right now there's a lot of momentum in uh, Kenai and it's growing across the state with uh, people protesting in front of the courthouses, um, specifically regarding the uh, misapplication or mismanagement of the whole um, grand jury process, uh, to the point that the court system has removed references to a juror's rights and responsibility as they're laid out in the Constitution and law um, concerning what the role of the grand jury is, especially when it comes to uh, public inquiries and concerns about 
um, public uh, malfeasance uh, or uh, folks that uh, <laughs> we got a student shaking a hand here I think yeah uh, yeah so um, once I can recognize that my dad was a teacher and he always had <laughs> students coming up shaking hands but uh, you know the courts have removed the language in the jurors handbook that tells them how to operate when specifically looking at corruption being committed by bureaucrats or people in the court system or the prosecutor's office or even in political office like like the one that you'll be occupying absolutely um so so let me ask you this with that stage set if we have a governor that comes in or let's say once you you are seated in this in the senate's uh in the senate seat what are your plans to address this issue well i've done some work on this issue with the borough assembly already at the borough assembly level we were able to get across the finish line a really strong resolution in support of having investigative grand juries that can function and do their work in the state of alaska and that can happen three different ways. You know, I think that people need to be able to uh, start a grand jury investigation by petition, get a group of people together and say, hey, we have an issue and this issue needs to be investigated. I think that prosecutors um, need to be able to also impanel independent grand juries. Um, they say, hey, this is about like our office. This is about another part of the judicial system an independent grand jury that kind of is not accountable to a prosecutor needs to be impaneled. And we need to have regularly scheduled independent grand juries to hear grievances and issues, complaints that everyday Alaskans have about the court system so that they can be investigated and our judicial system can be accountable. What's happened with grand jurors being shut out of investigating things that are real issues. Now, I'm not saying that, that every complaint has merit or whatever, but what I'm saying is people deserve answers. Alaskans deserve answers when they deserve a day in court, and they're not getting that right now. And so the resolution that we passed at the Kenai Peninsula Borough Assembly level said, hey, state legislature, we need you to prescribe a way, very detailed in law, that these grand juries can investigatively function to hear these complaints that Alaskans have. And through that process, Alaskans can get their fair day in court. So thank you for that reply. Um, that's, that's encouraging to hear. Uh, the next issue I wanted to touch on was uh, recently uh, there was a leak uh, in the Supreme Court about a pending decision that maybe or maybe not made. I mean, I think a lot of people have said, well, it's going to happen, but mm -hmm. it's not through the drafting phases <laughs> yet, and there's a full court press to reverse the decision that uh, looks like will overthrow or overturn the Roe versus Wade uh, situation with uh, the abortion issue. And um, uh, voters have repeatedly voted against uh, state funding of abortions. Um, however, the courts have been activist in saying that uh, the people don't really matter and that this is a right that uh, the people can't, can't really control or weigh in on constitutionally. As a seated senator, what's your position going to be on this issue of, of publicly funded abortions? We need to end them, and we should have ended them. And, and unfortunately, in the early part of the Dunleavy administration, that was botched. You don't have to explain that you're not funding abortions um, and, and punitively cut things and explain that. You just, you just don't fund them. Not only do you not fund them, if, if the courts are overfunded and you need to make a, a reduction and to drive efficiency in the courts, 
then you make that reduction. You don't have to explain that that reduction is made in a punitive way because of a court decision. Of course that's going to get shot down because you basically said in public that you're doing this as a punitive measure. It doesn't... I would hope one of my high school students could figure that out. <laughs> but here or there, I am glad that things are moving forward, hopefully at the Supreme Court level, to end abortion on demand in this country. Uh, human life is sacred and needs to be respected, and a person is a person no matter how small. So if, uh, if Pat Martin were to approach you, and I'm sh I don't know if he has yet or not, he usually gets all the folks that are running for office sooner or later. He is the executive director for the Alaska Right to Life, and if he were to approach you and ask you to sign a pledge that says that you'll stand up for the right to life and, and define when life begins, is that something that, that you would uh, confidently sign on to? Absolutely. I believe that life, human life begins at conception and uh, ends at natural death. I would like to uh, uh, make a, uh, a, prof a prophetic sort of declaration now. I foresee Pat Martin will be calling you shortly. Okay. <laughs> so, um, Loretta, did you have any other points uh, for Jesse today? Uh, uh, questions? No, I just, I would love to see honest. I, I, I hate politics, number one, because I just don't like the, the way it looks. But I love the ideas behind politics, and I feel we don't discuss those enough. Absolutely. Like, why? When you, when you want something, I had a man that came up and said something to me, and I, the, my immediate reaction was, yeah, you want that, but the, you go to the state of Alaska, and the first thing they do, do is develop another division you know, to study it, and they're going to have somebody in charge of the division, and they're going to have to, this huge bureaucracy behind it. That terrified, because I've seen that happen in Alaska over and over again, and that comes from a philosophy. There's a philosophy behind that, and we're not getting to, to why. It's like the whole road thing. There's a philosophy behind why a person lives in a more rural area, and you take care of yourself. And I understood that when I moved out there. But I, I, enough of us don't. We move to Alaska, and we assume it's going to be like downtown Los Angeles. And I it's sure didn't. not. Yeah. And we're not talking about why we cannot have those. But there's more of those people moving here, and so that's that's going to be a... We have to have those discussions. That's going to be a growing pain. Now, um, you know... Uh, I just hope, uh, Jesse, that when you when you uh, get to Juno, you don't yeah. you don't agree to be baptized in that big vat of Kool Aid. <laughs> no, that they thank have. you. Well, um, and, uh, here's and for me, Jason. I, it's important that the legislature follow its own rules. Yes. Limiting debate on a budget bill. I, I guess I don't understand that. It's kind of it's it's. I think it's important for everyone to kind of have their say. Mm -hmm. And I think Mike Chenault had it right on a lot of those things and how he. Um, honor the process and honor the rules and allowed people to speak um, mm -hmm. and people got to, to speak how much ever they wanted and then kind of delaying the inevitable was, was on them when they chose to speak mm -hmm. and so I think having an open process that follows the rules is important to Alaskans and that's what I intend to support in Juneau. So, so in that regard we'll touch on two more quick issues so, so we talked about David Eastman being expelled mm -hmm. from the House caucus uh, he had put forward a number of amendments to the uh, the finance bill. Uh, ben Carpenter and uh, um, Kevin McCabe uh, shut him down on almost every single one of those. They tabled all of them so that they could not be discussed on the House floor. Now, I know you're running for Senate. 
and uh, Tuckerman was very clear to say that it's it's uh, it's not wise for a, a a senator to try to muck about in the House's business or to uh, or to uh, criticize it. But uh, I'm openly criticizing anybody who wants to silent conversation and debate because I thought that's why we sent people to Juno is to present their ideas and let them stand on their own merits. Yeah, there certainly is a lot to be said for that. And, you know, a team has to be able to work together. I was surprised throughout that whole process. Um, you know, I don't know the inner workings of that House Minority Caucus and, and everything that's gone on, but clearly there were a lot of hurt feelings uh, on both sides. People kind of felt like for one reason or another, someone lied about somebody or whatever. I don't want to get into all of that. But well, I guess what I can say is, the thing that surprised me was not giving a reason why he was removed. And I think... Strange, isn't that it? I was just, that was kind of a head-scratcher. If he did something so bad that he needed to be removed, just tell people. Just lay it out for folks. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. boy, it, like removing him kind of seems strange to me if you're not willing to communicate with with constituents about why you did what you did. Well, and, and talking about not communicating with constituents, I mean, I used to work for Ron Gillum. I worked for him for three three months as a junior staffer, and uh, after the David Eastman vote went down, which he supported, I, uh, I inquired about that with both his wife and then later with him. And he basically told me he was not available because he was so busy with events that he could not tell me why he voted the way he did or come on the podcast. If you look to my right, you'll see a gentleman standing in blue and gold. And that's Representative Ron Gillum. I've asked him several times today to come on the podcast, and he said, uh, I, I don't know. Mm. That was his reply. And so when you are a representative for your constituents, you're going to be asked uncomfortable questions, maybe yes. questions you don't want to really answer. But doggone it, you were hired to answer questions. And if you can't, if you can't loudly and proudly stand behind the decisions and the votes that you made, maybe you shouldn't have made those votes. And uh, mm -hmm. it's a thankless job to be a politician. You oh, have to yeah. have rhino skin. <laughs> you know, and I don't mean Republican name no, only, no. but you have to you have, have to thick, tough. thick skin and be tough yes. and be, be ready to just die on that hill because every vote counts to somebody. It does. To somebody. Yeah, it does. And so as you kind of think about those things, uh, you, you know, those politicians, whatever you think they're right, wrong, or indifferent, they're under a lot of pressure to deliver the best possible outcome for the people that, that sent them there. I truly believe that. I don't think, I don't think anybody wakes up and uh, says, you know what, I'm going to be a really horrible person and do an awful job today. At least I hope not. Um, but uh, certainly when, when people's feelings kind of got hurt the way that they did and they felt like, you know, communications were out about them that were untruthful, I get that. Yeah. I get that. But, hey, if that's your problem with somebody, come out and say it. Yeah. Just come out and say it and explain, like, what happened and just tell the story. Yeah. And then, then you're done. And then I think, I think Alaskans, they don't deserve answers in the fact that, you know, everything is corrupt. There are some corruption, certainly, and we need to find that and suss it out. But Alaskans just deserve explanations on the facts and, and the hard truth sometimes about what happens. And I, I trust Alaskans to make good judgments when they know all the facts and they know the story so that they can decide for themselves what's true and what's false. So final question, and it's a, it goes back to your original statement about um, uh, trying to recapture that. Uh, I, I thought about the, the situation with David Eastman, but then I also thought about what happened with the party. So you're running as as a Republican. Yep, I've been a Republican for a long time. So you're on the Republican ticket, and they just had their state convention, 
And one of the things that they did at the Republican convention was they used clickers to vote on everything. Mm. And uh, I've heard from more than a few people now that uh, there was an interesting vote that happened at the end of the day. And um, they used clickers for all these votes. But when it came down, and they also told delegates that there was a specific timeline in which they had to present any new resolutions they wanted to be considered by the body. Um, and that once that timeline was passed, there would be no new resolutions uh, per, uh, approved. Well, in the 11th hour, Representative Kevin McCabe presented a new resolution. Mm -hmm. And that resolution was accepted by the executive committee. It was put before the delegates. They did not use the clickers. They asked for a, vo a voice vote in support of the resolution. They got that. They gaveled out. They said, we'll take mm -hmm. that as it passes. Gaveled out. No division of the House. No record of the nays. Uh, they stopped using the clickers, which actually recorded and showed the numbers of yeas, nays, and abstentions. Yeah, I guess that's not the way I remember it, but I, I could be remembering wrong. And, and so uh, I've talked to a number of people who've gone there. And the issue that they voted on, this is, I mean, so, so we set the stage of if that's the way it went down, then there's obviously questions that are raised. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that the clickers were used, but I could be remembering wrong. I don't, yeah. yeah, so so the issue was the, basically, they didn't call it a censure, but it, it, it in form and function, it works as a censure for people affiliated with or supporting the Foundation for Applied Conservative Leadership, mm -hmm. also known as FACL. And um, I attended a FACL training last spring. And uh, the faculty training I attended was, uh, its intent was to train and equip new candidates who are running for office to most effectively um, uh, develop their campaigns and spend their money wisely. But it was also, secondly, to equip the grassroots to hold their elected representatives and senators, uh, uh, officials, accountable to the, the conservative platform and the promises that they made in order to get into office. And that it's purely an educational, uh, an educational program. So, uh, just a second, I... So uh, and people are asking for free drinks right now. So I'll, I'll have to get to that when we get off of the uh, when we get off of the air. But um, uh, FACL is uh, so essentially what I heard, and I have not read this. So you know, we'll put that big caveat out there. I have not read the resolution. I have not seen the actual language that was adopted. But what I was told was that if people are either being supported by faculty, being right. trained by faculty, cool. it was kind of ambiguous that they would not receive party funds or endorsement uh, because faculty was basically out of balance. So as I understood how that happened is the impetus for that was once again that uh, some state legislators felt that they were being lied about, I guess, on social media. I don't understand all the ins and outs of, of what happened, um, but there were many hurt feelings and people wanted to try to dissuade um, mistruths or half-truths, however you want to characterize that, uh, on social media. Good luck with that. Um, uh, that is what it is. But certainly it's understandable that people don't like to feel attacked um, when they feel they're being wrongfully criticized. I get that. However, when the, when the party apparatus is used to kind of pick winners and losers that, that are Republicans, that's also a concern as well. I understand that people don't don't like to feel attacked um, wrongfully. I get it. 
Um, but in the same way, when the party is empowered as, as the state party, which is supposed to represent all Republicans, to pick winners and losers, and that is not done at a ballot box by the voters, it's kind of da- dangerously in some waters that are, are well, treacherous. Well, maybe, maybe Elon Musk can sweep in and buy the Republican Party and restore freedom of speech. Um, I, I find it rather ironic that uh, Kevin McCabe would be the maker of the motion when really he's been the target of, of this, uh, this public outcry. And there, I saw a, a flyer that it was actually published and circulated at the Matsu Sportsman Show about Kevin McCabe. It had a picture of him. It was very, uh, it, it made some statements about uh, Second Amendment issues that he didn't support. Whether or not he did, I still don't know. Um, but I weighed in on it on one of these conservative groups on Facebook, and I, I saw it, and somebody said, you know, this is terrible that uh, people are saying that he did this. And I said, well, it would be nice if Kevin would weigh in on this, because if, if he did vote this way, then he's got some explaining to do. If he did not vote this way, well, then uh, shame on the people who circulated that po- that poster, because it's <laughs> fictitious, right? And, and isn't that lie. the better way to deal with it, rather than having the Republican well, Party come well, in and say, hey, we're, we're going to decide what what's right news and what's wrong news, and right. we're just going to disappear. Well, see, this this whole thing was happening on social media in a conservative group out of the valley, yeah. and where he's a big lake representative. I, I posted that, and no sooner has I since hit the send button, Kevin replied to me. Yeah, Kevin himself, and he said uh, it's 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 totally untrue, and then he sent me a link to a, about a 20 second clip from gavel to gavel where he said I didn't vote I didn't vote against it and the clip he sent me was a clip of him tabling it yeah so and so using the nuance using the nuance of I didn't vote against it I just tabled it well you effectively killed it because yeah. it was in the second reading yeah. on the floor it was the last opportunity to actually talk about it and the people that I later found out that the people that circulated that brochure sure were people that he had approached for support when he ran against the guy he beat and that they had given him money based on the promises he'd made about the second amendment and so when he tabled that yes it wasn't strictly a no vote but in in essence it functioned as a no vote because it took it off the docket it didn't get debated it didn't go forward they weren't even able to record the, the Democrats or the rhinos opposing it, which is also valuable if you're in an election year and you're trying to beat the other guys. You know, you want to yep. get them on the record. So I guess for me, Jason, it raises I get, a lot of questions. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. And I'm going to get going back to my booth here in a minute. But as we kind of think about talking about the positions that other people take, it's important to like tell the whole story and all the nuance is important, especially having those conversations. And, uh, you know, there's an old, old proverb that says, uh, when two elephants fight, and it's especially true here, talking about Republicans, when two elephants fight, only the grass gets hurt. Yeah. And lots of times, yeah. when we have fighting amongst the Republican Party, yeah. that's when the left wins, and that's when the left can, can come in and, and kind of get well, there. That's, and that's very important yeah. that you say the grass, because the grassroots on that vote at their party level got hurt, because it says... If you decide to get educated by a group that is not an approved vendor, we're going to basically pick winners and losers, and you're on the wrong side of the equation. Yeah, so. ultimately, I think it's important that everyone's positions are clear, and when they're kind of spoke about by, by other people, that folks aren't being represented and they get the whole story. Yeah. And I think that's kind of why people were upset about that whole deal, and uh, 
you know, I, I, I trust that for myself, I'm going to try to tell people the whole story about what goes on in Juno, and so that people aren't left half in the dark. And so that, that's my goal. I, I look forward to it. I, I would, I've been an advocate for clear, plain language for years in everything. I think we hide too much by giving people sound bites and making them feel good. And then for good reasons. There's nothing wrong with changing your mind, and that's what we've lost. I, I look at people argue, but well, he's changed his mind. Well, you're an idiot. I've changed my mind every day. Yeah. <laughs> but have a good reason for it. Absolutely. If you have a good reason for it, if you sit down, yeah, I changed my mind on that vote because this is what happened, you're not going to alienate your base. I actually think of people that have more integrity than that, than, than people that say, well, you know, I, I kind of did it because I thought, well, you know, I don't even know what that means. Well, Jesse, thank you for your time. Hey, thank you. Uh, we wish you all the luck thank in the you. world, and uh, we'll see how things wash out in the end. Uh, it'll be interesting with ranked choice voting, and uh, we look forward to seeing your uh, campaign and how it progresses. Very good. Thanks for having me, Jason. Loretta, yeah. it's nice oh, to meet you. This will nice be to published you. to about six different conservative groups on Facebook. Okay. Uh, they got yesterday's post, so if you want a link to it, if you want to share it with your friends, be part of the solution, not part of the problem. Speak up, speak out, speak often, and uh, share this podcast with as many people as possible so they can get to know their candidates, the people who are running to represent them. Very good. Thanks, Jason. Thank Thanks, you. Loretta. Have a great day. Oh, thank and you. And with that, the magical button will be pushed, and we'll join you again later. Okay, and welcome back to the Ammo Can Coffee Social Club Conservative Hour of Power and Enlightenment Salon. Uh, I am... Uh, Sitting across from a very intriguing gentleman, uh, I've walked past his booth and sort of given him a strange look, I think, about three... How many times have I looked at your booth? Because I know you've seen me. Yes, sir. Uh, about four times? I think so. Yeah, about four times. So, <laughs> uh, we are with uh, Hunky Lee. Uh, he is kind of a, a, a special kind of candidate this year, running against Senator Lisa Murkowski. And um, I, I just had to go and talk to him because it, it, his his uh, his booth was so different from every other political booth that you see here. And um, he's he's given me his card, and I'm going to go ahead and read his card as, as sort of a um, a preface to our interview. So, uh, his card says creative and bold solutions, healthy diet, good exercises. Return power to the people, eliminate homelessness, crimes, spruce beetles, elect Honky Lee for U.S. Senate in year 2021. Now, uh, Mr. Lee, you uh, you don't appear. Yeah. Uh, you don't appear physically to uh, be a candidate. When I saw you, I, I saw the t-shirt and uh -huh. this really kind of laid back Rastafarian cool looking guy. Okay. And, um, but uh, after a couple of minutes talking with you, you know, you talked about you have a law, uh, law degree, you're practicing law in the state of Alaska. Yeah. You have some good ideas, I think, that uh, some of our listeners would be interested in hearing about. So um, what compelled you to run for U.S. Senate. So, uh, hey, thank you for having me, sir. And uh, hello, everybody in great Alaska, wonderful Alaskans. Um, yeah, my name is Hong Kili. I'm running for the United States Senate as an independent Alaskan in this year, 2022. 
two years ago, I ran. I, by the way, I live in Wasilla, in the Matsu Valley, and uh, so two years ago, I ran for Alaska State Senate. As a Republican uh, in the greater Wasilla area, there's the year 2020 August. I lost that election in the primary. And um, about one year after that, uh, 2021, uh, after January 6th, uh, I got out of the Republican Party. I became in independent, okay? So now I'm purely independent without a party affiliation. Now, now I have to tell you folks, when, uh, when, when Honky said that he was independent, I said, uh, is, that, uh, is that code for Democrat? <laughs> uh, and, and he gave me some idea that actually that's not code for Democrat. Uh, but so um, some of the ideas that uh, we're going to have to wait till the voice in the sky quiets okay. down. Okay. So, <laughs> okay, are they done? All right, they're done. So anyway, um, uh, let's talk about some of the things that, I mean, you identified as a Republican for a time, now you're identifying as an independent, but I'm assuming you still hold fast to some of these conservative ideas that the Republican Party says they support. Whether yes. or not they actually do that is another question. But So let's talk a little bit about um, your platform. What, what, what are you running on uh, mm -hmm. that you're going to bring differently to the stage than what Murkowski has done up to this point? Okay. Hello, and thank you for attending. Well, maybe not. We're going to have to wait again. <laughs> we have about six tickets left. So if you're listening, they have six tickets left for the Wall of Guns, but you won't hear until they've already drawn the guns, so it doesn't matter. We will be starting another round right after those are sold, but we have six tickets left until we have a winner. Okay, in case you didn't get it, they're going to wait until they have a winner. So, all right, go ahead. Sorry, Honky. Yes, so, um, so what I would do differently from um, Senator Samkowski is this. Um, first, we need to make a lot of money in order to help our poor people. But uh, Senator Samkowski, uh, she's against pebble mine development uh, because most because it's not popular and so Senator Samkowski's uh, weakness is that uh, she always go along the majoritarian mainstream American sentiment of the day uh, so that's uh, very typical of many politicians out there uh, so I'm not like that I uh, do my study research and I have science background engineering background so in science and engineering it's all about problem solving. I also study mathematics too. So when there is a problem, you don't give up. You come up with a solution. So Pebble Mine's problem is this. It's right next to the Bristol Bay, where there are a lot of salmons. And so there is a legitimate concern that Pebble Mine development above the Iliamna Lake may harm the salmon. That's a legitimate problem and question. Now, I have a solution for that, okay? I, I did a lot of research. I also wrote two academic papers about it. I was invited to an uh, international geology conference to, uh, as a speaker to speak for 20 minutes, okay? To present my two papers on it. So, uh, the bottom line is this, okay? You, have, you excavate these rocks to uh, uh, the excavate the gold, copper, and molybdenum and polyodium in pebble mine region. There's 500 billion dollars worth, okay, 500 billion dollars worth. But uh, we have to 
do something with this waste rocks that have sulfur and heavy metals, and they, they are toxic, okay? And that's, and that's what people are worried about, is those yeah. heavy toxic metals somehow getting out of their holding ponds and getting back into the headwaters of of the uh, uh, Lake Iliamna and, yep. and and down into Bristol Bay where then the yep. salmon mm -hmm. get contaminated, right? right. That's, that's the, the big issue that they keep talking about. Okay. Yep. All right. So I think I'm following you. Go ahead. Yes. So uh, the, suggest, the solution I suggest is this. Uh, Iliamna Lake, the pebble mine side is right next to each other. Uh, that part of the region to uh, Matsu Valley, like Houston, Alaska, Big Lake, Alaska, Wasil, Alaska, is about 150 miles, 150 miles between Matsu Valley and the Iliamna Lake. It, that's not far away at all, okay? So if we excavate those rocks from Pebble Mine side and build a highway between Matsu Valley and the Iliamna Lake, yes, then those toxic rocks will be trapped as asphalt cement and those uh, heavy metal sulfur will leak out very slowly, just like in the natural setting. So it, that, that way we can dilute the effect of this toxicity of those heavy metals, okay? Because they're trapped in, inside of this uh, asphalt cement on the road. And uh, when it comes to the road, when we build an asphalt road, we use tar. Tar is already toxic, but it's okay because nobody's having a lunch in the middle of the road, okay, and uh, also <laughs> let's let's hope they're not anyway. <laughs> yeah, and also the road toxicity of this asphalt road it can be good because it prevents vegetation. We do not want a tree root sticking out of in the middle of the road highway, right? They'll be very dangerous, right? Right. So you can use be used as a, a herbicide to okay. prevent vegetation. So. Uh, yeah, road building with those toxic rocks, uh, there'll be the one solution to the problem. Well, you know, I, I found that this, uh, this kind of, the, in, and Hake and I only talked for about five minutes, but this was one of the first things that came up. He, he identified that, uh, that uh, Lisa Murkowski, you know, has taken this sort of woke uh, position on a lot of different issues and when he when he struck on pebble I immediately jumped on that because I thought okay well when I ask him about pebble I'll know very quickly um, probably where he sits on most issues um, because it, it seems like people who are anti-pebble with a few exceptions are also pro a bunch of issues that I don't necessarily support as a conservative and um, so he talked about this capturing of the of the toxic metals uh, in this uh, this road surface, and uh, I I told him that I had just recently run across this. I was looking at a piece of property, ironically, that was for sale. We were looking to expand our business, and we're looking for a commercial piece of land. And one of the things you do in looking at land is you do your due diligence to make sure that there's no existing contamination on the land. And in this case, the piece of land I was looking at actually had a history of toxic lead contamination. It had been a site where lead acid batteries were reclaimed and buried. And uh, so the landowners, they bought the land after the fact and were informed by the uh, DEC and I think the EPA that they had to they had to deal with that contamination well 
their solution ultimately was to do exactly what Hockey said the idea for Pebble would be. They took the soils that were mitigated, were removed, that had the highest concentrations of lead contamination, and they used them as the aggregate within concrete, and they built a giant concrete pad that uh, was the foundation for a, a large warehouse. Mm -hmm. yep, and, yep. and this was an acceptable thing that the, that the DEC and the EPA signed off on yeah. in order to keep this toxic metal out of the aquifer and from poisoning people's wells. Mm -hmm. The same type of metal that people are worried about in gold processing, that you're going to release a lot of these heavy metals into that water and yeah. everything that's living is going to be impacted negatively. So very, very interesting, innovative idea, uh, Mr. Lee. Um, Thank you. So, so let's talk about some of the, the social issues. This week, we heard that there was a leak at the uh, Supreme Court. And yeah. being a lawyer, I mean, mm -hmm. you, you're in, in law every day. Um, uh, and this seems to suggest that the court is seriously considering overturning Roe versus Wade. So if you were to, or when you were to, occupy the seat of U.S. Senator, what would your position be on, on this issue of Roe versus Wade and abortion? And then also any additional comments you might have regarding what happened with the Supreme Court this week. Yes, sir. Thank you for the question. So uh, I believe that uh, abortion is bad, it's ugly. Uh, I mean, who wants to see a fetus being dumped into a dumpster? That's horrible. Nobody disagreed on that issue. Uh, so, uh, in my opinion, uh, prevention of unwanted pregnancy would be the best solution. So, uh, what in social media, uh, I interact with very young people. Many of them are even under 18 years old. I have many social media friends, and uh, I recommend them to be uh, celibates. And uh, uh, until. I recommend young people to focus on education and uh, career development. And, uh, and I recommend them, okay, until you turn 25, don't even think about dating. Okay, just study, get a job, graduate from school, and develop your career. And after you, let's say you graduate from college or trade school, and get a job, and after a couple of years, you turn 25, then you will maybe you will have some disposable income then you can start dating and get married and have kids because you're over 25 years old now you are ready yeah you know uh that's that's an interesting interesting position to take in this culture mm -hmm. which has turned sex into a sport and and it's just uh just it's kind of like watching netflix right oh i'm bored i'm gonna go have sex and while there are negative repercussions to that, you know, yes, there are some positives and some benefits, you know, um, but uh, but really, it's a decision that shouldn't be taken lightly, and it does have some lifelong repercussions, mm -hmm. especially when you're bringing a new life into into being with that conception. And so, um, it's refreshing to hear somebody talk about you know marriage and talk about waiting and talk about celibacy. You know, um, these are all very. Now I know why you're not a Republican, because most of the Republicans I talk to, with very few exceptions, are not willing to actually take a principled stand in a public forum on the record saying those things. 
you know, and um, so my hat's off to you. I'm actually not wearing a hat, but if I was, I'm tipping it now. Uh, very interesting campaign. Now, 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 you told me that you're not raising any funds for your campaign, and this is kind of an experimental campaign. Tell me more about that. Yes, so hey, thank you for the compliment, sir. And also, so, Zero Panic campaign, One Man campaign, uh, they'll be the way I do uh, campaigning. So zero penny campaign meaning I do not take any donation money from anyone because I want to be truly independent and if I start, start to take money from people uh, then I have to obey the donors and, and I cannot do that. So, uh, so one man campaign, well officially I am the campaign but in social media uh, my social media friends in Alaska and other states in America and also even other countries outside of America has helped me because they designed campaign pastors for me and and so I downloaded in a you know electronic form and I printed them out and used them for my in my campaign trail so yeah people are helping me out and because they're my friends and they're doing it for free very decentralized manner because they just make some even music videos for me <laughs> and I upload it to TikTok and it, mm -hmm. some of them got like 20,000 views holy smokes yeah because they are very talented people they took uh, collect the uh, pictures that I uploaded selfies in the Instagram right yeah they photo montage and put some music in there and it's amazing so I put in the Facebook and TikTok well I'm, I'm gonna ha I'm, I'm intrigued I'm gonna have to go to I'm gonna have to become a friend and yeah, yeah. check it out and maybe repost some of your stuff on our on our Facebook uh, mm -hmm. account here for <laughs> for ammo can coffee um, I I was looking at some of the the photos some of the uh, the artwork that your friends were um, giving you and yeah. uh, there was one in particular that sort of made me go oh my gosh uh, what this is kind of creepy <laughs> and it, it was a picture of your face superimposed on the uniform of like the North Korean uh, dictator's body standing above a red city with a bunch of people sitting out in front yeah. you know rallying or, or you know and uh, it's very comical it's, yes. it's very humorous mm -hmm. Um, I think that some of my uh, Republican friends and neighbors might might be uh, might shudder and look at that and immediately close their mind off to you because of that image. But uh, you know, it's time for us to have a little levity in our life, and it was actually refreshing to hear your your description of how that picture came to be, mm -hmm. and that you have this this uh, upswelling sort of support from millennials and social media and a lot of young people. It's good to see young people getting involved, and if I'll tell you what, if they're actually listening to your message about abstinence, about celibacy, about working hard and, and waiting to get into a career before they start making life-changing choices, mm -hmm. and they're actually listening to you, maybe there's hope for the next generation. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe yeah. there is hope for the next generation. Mm -hmm. so, um, so, admittedly, looking at this race, there's some heavy hitters that are in this race for Lisa Murkowski's seat. Uh, one of which uh, we have met and has come into our shop a number of times, uh, Kelly Shabaka. Yeah. Have you been able to meet Miss Shabaka yet, yourself, personally? Yeah, uh, I think it was last year, uh, maybe August. Uh, I went to the Alaska State Fair in Palmo. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was standing on her booth uh, to advertise her campaign and then yeah, I approached her and I uh, shook her hands and 
I introduced myself. Well, the first thing I said, hey, hello. And then, then I asked Miss Chibaka, do you know who I am? And she said, uh, no, but you kind of look familiar. And I said, well, I am your opponent. <laughs> and I gave... Hey, wait, did, did, did she smile? Did yeah, she, she did. Yeah, yeah. So I handed her my campaign card because uh -huh. I'm running for the U.S. Senate too. Right, so, yeah. right. So... So Kelly's coming on strong. She's got a lot of support, a lot of donors. You're doing it completely different from her. No donors. Right. Sounds like you have growing support. Totally dem different demographic. I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty convinced that probably your demographic is completely different than her demographic that she's reaching and targeting. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I'm anxious to see how the primaries go and, yeah. and see uh, how you fare. Uh, because it is a novel approach that you're taking. And uh, I would encourage you that um, regardless of the outcome, that you continue to be vocal and, and active. Now, I would be dishonest if I would say I think you have a fighting chance because, <laughs> because it's, uh, I'm a skeptic, you know. Um, who knows? In this day and age, I mean, we all thought Donald Trump was going to be reelected and woke up the next morning and it didn't happen. So, you know, there's a lot of factors out there that we can't quantify these days. Um, but, uh, but I appreciate the fact that you're taking the time out of your life to privately fund your campaign and come to events like this and be available to discuss these ideas and these topics. You know, I ran for office a couple years ago. I ran for a, a city council position because I was just so frustrated and mad at the way that the council and the city manager was handling things in Kenai. I thought, you know what, darn it, I'm going to go out and I'm going to get that petition filled out. I'm going to pay that 25 bucks or whatever it was, and I'm going to get my name on the ballot. So at least I can go to all of these events and I can say what needs to be said, even if I don't get elected. Right. Well, it was crazy. I got like 400 votes and Kenai doesn't have a big turnout, you know, and I didn't try. I mean, I didn't knock on doors, I didn't stand on corners, I didn't print signs, I didn't buy signs. I only showed up to events like this, okay. and there were only like four, and had a booth, and then I went on the radio when the radio guys invited me, yeah. you know. But, uh, but, you know, you have a platform now to be up there and saying big things with the big dogs, and and go toe-to-toe -to -toe with them and uh, my hat's off to you again that just thank you, thank uh, you. just uh, that's that's a tremendous thing you're doing now I wish more people would do that imagine what kind of world we would live in if more people engaged like you've engaged as a uh, do you own your own practice or are you part of a partnership or uh, I'm an employee okay all right so you're part of a firm yes how does you, what is your firm do you have any idea what your firm thinks about you running for Senate uh, they're mostly supportive, I mean, uh, because I do my job, mm -hmm. and uh, they also, they're my friends, so mm -hmm. they are supportive, yes. So, uh, Mr. Lee, do you have any children? I have never been married. And never been married? No okay. children. Okay. All right, well, you won't be distracted <laughs> <laughs> when you go to D.C., but uh, I really appreciate your time. I know that your table has been left completely empty uh, with uh, you being over here at our booth. And, um, you know, folks, spread the word. Let people know about Mr. Lee. Let people know to check out his, uh, his Facebook page. Where can people find you online, Mr. Lee? So, Kanden um, uh, ladies and gentlemen in Alaska. Uh, so, my name is Honky Lee. And if you just Google Yahoo being uh, your favorite web search engine, 
my first name H U H N K I E. Honky. Uh, nobody else in the world has that name, okay? <laughs> H U H N K I E. If you Google that, Yahoo, then you will find everything about me. Uh, I'm in all dif many different kinds of social media. And also medium.com, where I write essays and novels. And also vixra.org, where I, I uh, publish uh, scientific articles. Okay. It's an online database. And also social science research network, ssrn.com. Uh, this where I publish like academic ar articles about economics and ideologies and cultures. So, uh, and also I do what's called a Friday in Allah with Honky Lee. Okay. Every Friday, 6 p.m. Alaska time. I mean, most of times. Mm -hmm. And it's a Zoom meeting open to everybody. And it's also Facebook Live. And I recorded it and published it in uh, Vimeo.com. Okay. Uh, so Friday now, Honky Lee, I also do it on Saturday and Sundays too. Uh, and I advertise that Zoom link in different social medias like uh, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and blogger, okay, so, and also Reddit. Reddit, as okay. Well. Do you have a LinkedIn account? Uh, they terminated my LinkedIn account <laughs> okay. a year ago. Because okay. I said something quite offensive, maybe. <laughs> you got canceled? Yes. Oh, man, it's probably because you're a white supremacist, right? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. So. But I, I'm Asian, though. Yeah, yeah, well, you know. Uh, that that's the other uh, the other race that I guess is uh, is easy to hate these days. Uh, we watch uh, people doing all sorts of heinous things to Asians, and you know if they read just a little bit of history about how the Asian people have been treated in this country over the history of you know the nation, the, the, the Asians have a legitimate claim to say you know uh, we weren't always uh, treated well, you know. But um, uh, well, again. I appreciate you deeply. Um, I'm refreshed. I'm kind of uh, ashamed to admit it, but I was a little bit judgmental when I saw you, your 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 uh, your booth set up because I was like, oh, that's got to be a Democrat. Ah, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I, I judged by appearances, and one should never do that. One should never <laughs> do that. So, uh, so you've seen a little bit behind the curtain of the Ammo Can Coffee Social Club, Conservative Hour of Power, and met a very interesting gentleman, Mr. Honky Lee. Uh, and uh, please sign up for uh, his Zoom meeting and check it out. Look him up on social media. Spread his name all about because you know what? When I ran cross country running, my uh, coach told me, you're only as fast as your competition. And there's a biblical idea that uh, iron sharpens iron. So if we want sharp politicians, then we should throw the best we can find at them and make them work for it because they're only going to become better. Whether it's Mr. Lee or Ms. Shabaka or one of the other candidates, uh, they're only going to be as good as their competition. You've got great ideas, sir, and uh, I wish you all the luck. Hopefully, we'll be able to talk again in the future. Yes, sir. All right, we're going to sign off now, and I don't know if we'll get another uh, segment in before the end of the day, but uh, thanks for sticking with us, folks, and I will publish tonight.